1: this is the Carriker and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's Carriker and Smallman. <sighs>
3: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Carriker Smallman and Danny Mack on a Thursday morning in which we're all happy. It's 7 o'clock, <laughs> your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, and here come the Cardinals after a 10-inning 3-2 win over the Cubs last night at the ballpark. Nothing, nothing can go wrong. <laughs>
0: You woke up on the wrong or the right side of the bed this oh, morning. I'm
3: telling yeah. Cardinals. I'll tell you what their, their ability up. just <laughs> to to bounce back, to preserve leads, to just have good things happen for them it's it's an endless ability. It's unbelievable.
4: I mean, they only hit five <laughs> batters. Good clean baseball. <laughs> uh, good clean only? fun at the ballpark. Only five, <laughs> three in one inning. You yeah, know, okay. it's, it's no big deal. Hey, here's the bottom line, though, guys. They won, and again, the Cubs in the ninth the two nights ago down six to one they went at seven six and last night the Cubs down to their final strike with nobody on and Gallegos hits a man and Eric Sogard comes in and hits a ball into the gap in right center and they scored Nico Horner and I'm thinking you have got to be kidding me and then it's tied two two and if you looked at it at that point I don't know what you guys thought but I'm thinking wait a minute Cardinals don't have Reyes. They're probably, you mm-hmm. know, he's there, but I mean, unless it's like in the 25th inning, he's not going to pitch. They've got Kimbrell. This ain't good. No. And no. they somehow pulled yeah. it out. So it's a good win.
3: When uh, Eric Sogard got that double. Eric Sogard. It, in in my home, I don't know if anybody else may or may not have heard it, it the the uh, words together, mother blanker, may or may not have been said together at a loud volume. Is that right? Yeah. Even wow. from you, <laughs> I from can't you, believe. Randy, it. Joan did that I, I, too. <laughs> I'm going. Come on. <laughs> So it was pretty. It was, it was a fun, entertaining game. Joan said that? No, she didn't. Okay. I think she was watching something, Christmas in July on oh, Hallmark okay. or something. All right. Christmas said. in July.
4: Well, we had Christmas in July at the ballpark a couple nights ago. Yeah. Buddy with with the Elf. The, the, Buddy
3: the Elf.
0: I, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bobblehead. That was like a good giveaway.
4: Were very nice. Yep. So former Cardinal legend Rafael
3: Ortega starts off the game with a base hit, and Wilson Contreras steps in, and we're thinking, oh, man, here we go.
4: And the 1-0 pitch. Lifted in the air into deep left center. Bader back at the wall. He's got it. Oh, and a catch. Harrison second hitter of the game and you got a game saver from harrison bader well think about this guys um the defense last night was in my mind the difference in the game so that's two runs there we showed on the replay that would have been a home run so mm -hmm. bader takes away two runs there and arenado saved two runs himself with two tremendous plays down at third and so one thing that i think we have to remember is that when mike Schild took over he said we have to improve Uh, defensively and the most outs above average since the start of 2019 after last night doing some digging here. Cardinals are second best in the league at 51 of those since uh, 2019. So he made it a point of emphasis his first full season and they have improved defensively. You've got O'Neill, you've got DeYoung, who's been a finalist, obviously Bader a finalist, Goldschmidt has played, I think he's going to win the gold glove this year and Arenado was awesome last night. So, in the bottom of the seventh, with the Cubs
3: up by a score of two to one, the Cardinals from their outfielders get a pair of doubles. Harrison Bader doubles one home. Dylan Carlson doubles one home. Cards up two one, heading into the ninth inning. And you're thinking, okay, well, we're in good shape. We've got Giovanni Gallegos on the mound. He got us out of last night, and he was very efficient in getting out of the uh, uh, out of the situation for
4: the Cardinals in the eighth inning. Remember, he came in, yeah. he faced Baez, yep. hit him, and then half grounded out to end the yep. inning. And only threw two
3: pitches. Right. Well, hit a guy and the, 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 then he, he got Baez. So he had two pitches coming into the ninth, gets the first two outs and then hits Nico Horner. Mm. And then with two strikes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That that might have been an under my breath mother. And then watch yourself. And Brandon. then the next <laughs> the next hitter, Eric Sogard, doubles home the tying run, and it's two two heading into the bottom of the ninth we go to extra innings paul goldschmidt makes the final out in the ninth so he's on base as we start the 10th inning the cardinals get a walk from nolan Arenado, so you've got runners at first and second tyler o'neill strikes out and that brings up yachty a
4: ball and two strikes molina with a drive and in-
3: There you go. It's all good.
0: Who else but Yadi or Molina? You just had a feeling, at least I did watching that game, I had a feeling in that moment that he wanted to end this. And that Sometimes that's what leaders do, whether it's Adam Wainwright going out there and putting you in a good position or it's Yadi or Molina saying, we are not having the sequel to, what was that, Tuesday night happen again. So thank you, Yadi, because I don't know if I could have handled back-to-back Losses from the Cardinals in that type of way.
4: This guy is so clutch. It was his ninth career walk-off run batted in and his second this year. Team leading, by the way, 11th game-winning RBI of the year. And that's only two behind Kyle Schwarber for the lead in the National League, which is amazing. I mean, the guy is clutch, and the numbers bear it out. Michelle and Randy when runners are on or runners in scoring position or late and close Yadier Molina has very good numbers now something I want to go back to in the game last night I I was stunned because I think he's a fabulous player and he's a smart player but I think he made a bad mistake last night and that was Rizzo at third base on it was first and third ground ball Mm -hmm. Sosa you know, he in he, Sosa's head short part of a double switch for fans. that didn't see it may have fallen asleep late, but he gets the ball on a pretty hard hit ground ball. and He's playing towards the middle and you could see he just took a peek at Rizzo and Rizzo was not off with contact. It was almost and TJ McFarlane is in the game and I'm thinking you're almost conceding the run at third. So you don't have a huge inning because you will have a runner at second to start your half of the extra inning. And yet, Sosa great play to step on the bag and then heads up immediately to throw to the plate, yeah. and they get Rizzo in the rundown, Huge. and and that might have been the play of the game. Even with all the the great defensive plays and Yachty's hit, but that that mistake may have cost uh, may have been the, the the play of the game. And here's a fun fact for you: since Yachty came up in 2004,
3: of all qualified hitters. The guys that have a better batting average with runners in scoring position. This is since 04 for Ayati's entire career. Joe Maurer, 334. Miguel Cabrera, 328. Adrian Gonzalez, 320. Big poppy 308. And then interestingly, Pujols, 306. Holiday, 304. <laughs> and Yachty, 302. So Yachty is seventh since 2004 in all of baseball
4: with runners in scoring position. You know, here's the other thing, too, I find interesting. And it just seems like, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but every time he's coming up, he is either passing a catcher with a milestone yeah. of a mm-hmm. double or games played. He's closing in, by the way, on fourth all-time in hits behind uh, Albert Pujols, which will be, I think, a very significant hit in his Cardinal career. But the most game-winning RBIs in a season by a Cardinal is Joe Torre. It was 50 years ago. That was his MVP season of 1971. The most game-winning RBI by a catcher, uh, it's Mike Piazza, 20-97, in and then uh, the future Hall of Famer, Ted Simmons, had 20 in 1975, and Yadis over halfway home. Amazing. He's got 11 this year. It's incredible. Now Harrison Bader had the big RBI. He had the big catch to save the game.
3: Adam Wainwright, who was deprived of a victory because of what happened in the ninth inning, talked about his center fielder.
2: Well, he's got tremendous talent. We always knew that. Um, He's always been an incredible outfielder, but we've seen his offense really turn the corner. I think he's taken much better at bats. He's hitting you know he's not just hitting fastballs anymore. He's hitting off-speed pitches. He's driving the ball to the opposite field occasionally, and uh, the guy that does that is a tough out. He's covering the he's covering the whole plate a lot better than he used to, and he's taking those pitches that he used to swing at in the dirt and outside. So it's cool to see offensively him do that. But you know when he's in the outfield, he's he's a he's a game changer. He's a total game changer out there. He he is. Uh, the one of the best if not the best center fielders in all of baseball in my opinion and uh, just does a great job so it's, it's cool to see him kind of turn a corner offensively though and become this total player that he's coming to be it's really neat to see
3: so those comments were relayed to Bader when he had his Zoom meeting with the media and here's how he responded
2: uh that's that's a nice comment yeah i mean I've, i feel uh, i feel great um with regards to all my play on the ball so yeah i mean i don't really think about it that way i just More just focus on, uh, you know, the task at hand right now, which is winning as many games as possible. So, you know, physically it's going to show up when the mentality is there. So just trying to play winning baseball on all sides of the ball. And I, I appreciate Waino for making that comment.
4: So since he came off the I.L., he's hitting right around, I think, like 360 or 370 overall on the year. Now he's above 260. He was three for three and then struck out in his final at bat. He tried to stretch one of the singles into a double. But, you know, you look at what he did last night, and he is another reason why you won the game. I mean, I'm giving a bunch of reasons, the defense, and he's a part of that and Yachty. But you think about what he did in the seventh inning with his key hit. That was an RBI double, then scored at that time the go-ahead run, and with his defense saved two runs. So he's probably the guy you look at today and say he gets the – what's the thing the Padres have, the chain? Oh,
0: yeah, the big chain. Yeah.
4: The spinner. The spinner. Spinner. Whatever it is. Yeah, I'd probably give it to him.
0: Don't you wish the Cardinals had something like that? Because then we could pick who we It's just think not the deserve-
4: Cardinal way, Michelle.
0: You're right, Dan. It's not. It's
4: just not.
0: But how fun would it be for us to guess who would be the guy now, to wear the different. chain every night? Because we would have guessed maybe Harrison Bader. But you're right. Since he returned from injury, he's been such an X-factor. It's not the Cardinal way. T- <laughs> you're right. It's not. I kind of wish it was, though. I get it. I wonder what their thing would be instead of a chain, maybe like a sensible bucket hat. You sure. Know, or something like that. To Fedora. Pretend- Fedora. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. that. But... Heading into this season, what did the Cardinals say? Again, it was an evaluation year for a lot of these guys. Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader among them. And I think that you've seen from Tyler O'Neill that he can be your left fielder. And this is the Harrison Bader that I think the Cardinals had been waiting for this entire time. For him to put everything together. Because you know what you're going to get from him from a defensive standpoint. But the fact that he can contribute like this offensively, this is what they wanted.
4: This is the group. And I guess if you're going to, you know, we can always nitpick about deals. And it went from looking at lane thomas randy rosarena right mm-hmm. i mean yeah. and they bet on the wrong guy at least at this yep. point because lane thomas ain't lane thomas that we saw a couple years ago and a is on fire again Did two home runs last night i think, I think he's MVP got winner. six or seven of his total home runs by the way have been against the baltimore orioles he's got like 13 or 14 on the year and like half are against the orioles but to the bigger picture they bet on o'neal he has made to your point michelle great improvement on a slider And he hit a a ball yesterday to right field. He was pulling off of everything. Pretty much can say the same thing about Harrison Bader. I think we all would agree that their defense has always been Mm -hmm. good. So that's not a problem. And I was concerned at the break a little bit about Dylan Carlson. You know, he's a rookie that's playing every single day, coming off a truncated season. He hasn't played in 162 and he's playing every inning. And it looks like he's got a little a jump back in his swing and the way he's playing. And, you know, you got to be careful with that with a young player. So going forward to your point, that trio looks to be pretty darn good. Also last night, as expected, Vince Dunn, taken by the
3: Seattle Kraken in the NHL expansion draft. Mark Giordano from the Flames was really the only big name that they took. They took Jordan Eberle. They they had already signed Jamie Alexiak from the Stars. And we were talking last night. I I didn't really like the Vegas draft. I, I didn't love the Golden Knights on the night they drafted, but they had Flurry. I thought, okay, well, they got a chance. I
4: don't. And then like... they went to the Cup final, right? Yeah. I, I I do not love this team that Seattle has put together. I'm d- i well. I look at it from the Blues perspective. I need to do a deep dive on the Kraken, which I will. Mm-hmm. But now, defensively, you're looking at Krug, Scandella. Tell me if I forget somebody, uh, Mikola. Uh, you got. Uh, Jake Wallman, you've got Pareko, Falk, Bertuzzo, and Perinovich maybe right. yep. cracks it, you know, so I, I like their defense. I still would love to see them get some size next year going into next season. They need a couple of guys, and especially
3: uh, up front, if as reported yesterday, they lose Jaden Schwartz, then you got even more issues up front, and uh, I was looking at it last night, the roster will be about half of the guys when they open up their 2021-2022 20, 20, season. They'll have about half the guys that won the Stanley Cup for them two seasons ago. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. You win I... the Cup and then have two seasons and you'll have basically
4: about 10 of those guys that drafted that, the, the dress that night. I'm a huge Vince Dunn fan, by the way. He's only 24, can flat out skate and fly. I, I just think he's a really good player, so I hate to see him go, but that's the way it is. Gotta lose somebody. Yep.
0: We thought Vince Dunn would be the pick. When we read the guys that weren't on the protected list, he stuck out. But I do think it's very interesting that Vladimir Tarasenko was there, that the Kraken were at least reportedly interested in him, but they couldn't figure out the right way to get him. And I wonder how Vladdy feels today, thinking that he was on that list, he was there, and that they didn't select him.
4: I would say there's no chance that he suits up for the St. Louis Blues and now it just becomes a a money situation Mm -hmm. and, you know, What is the best deal that Doug Armstrong can possibly pull off to where, if he's going to eat something, and I'm sure he doesn't want to eat any of it, but the minimal amount of money to go out and then make your move that you want to make this offseason? We'll ask Jeremy Rutherford
3: about that coming up at 845 here on 101 ESPN. And Doug Armstrong is going to speak to the media at 10 o'clock today, and I'm sure that they'll have more with Daniel's show, the Danny Mac show with BK and BK and Ferrario plus the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. A little game of sick of it on 101 ESPN. We're
1: right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> <laughs>
3: into the air comfort service text line six five seven eight oh michelle dan randy emily and we're going to tell you what we are sick of and i say this kids with all due respect with all apologies to any ut fans that happen to be tuned in i'm sick of texas athletics oh oklahoma and texas saying oh no we want to come to the sec no we left you because we hate you with all due respect all right we don't want you in our conference it's very strong word it is you're greedy you're not fun and you're not as good as the sec so i'm sick of texas specifically And to an extent, Oklahoma saying, yeah, we want to come to the SEC too now. And by the way, Texas A&M saying, "Uh uh-uh, no way. We're the only SEC team in Texas. So go Texas A&M.
0: I appreciate the Aggies throwing up the stiff arm to the Longhorns because they're in control. They have been in the SEC for a while now. And you're right. Texas is greedy. They wanted to be the king. They wanted the Longhorn Network, and they got it. Texas still not back. And I think it's very interesting that now they realize that, even being at the top of the mountain in the Big 12, that they're still not quite the SEC, and they want to get in on that party.
3: Yeah, they they will never be the SEC. Oh, by the way, they also want to ruin the Big 12. Right. Which they're the only members of with football-wise, right? <laughs> yeah. Kansas basketball exists, but they might as well be in the what? Let's let's what conference could the Big East? KU go to the Big East? The Big East. of basketball, <laughs> yeah. If 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 Texas and Oklahoma. Leave for the SEC. Okay, you can't stay there in the Big 12. Big yeah. East.
0: I would imagine that Valley. That. Span
3: the Big 10. You'd have to find another team, but that'd be interesting. Yeah, you could do that.
0: I wonder how the Big 10 would feel about that. Yeah, they'd, they'd get more teams, and with at least Kansas basketball, you get. Eyeballs on that, and what some do I more always revenue, say? You, Rutgers would have a rival. That is still one of the <laughs> dumbest things that has happened in college athletics. Getting Maryland and Rutgers yeah. in the Big Ten, and saying, "Well, Rutgers has the New York audience." What? Yeah. Have you paid any attention to the the New York demographic, and they don't really care about college sports? And if so, you're going to say Rutgers is the one they're paying attention to? No. But okay. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about the Cardinals a little bit. I'm going to keep this simple. I'm sick of all of the walks. The walks are so boring. It's so constant, and I'm just sick of it.
4: I can understand that. I'm sick of handing them out and taking them. Well, I am, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, we got to be complaining about something in this segment. So I will be sick of to piggyback on what uh, Michelle is saying. I'm I'm sick of the hit by pitches. Mm-hmm. So Waino hit Contreras in the third last night. Then we had Gallego's hit in the eighth, uh, Javi Baez. But the one that got you was the two strike, two outs in the ninth with a 2-1 lead hit by pitch of Nico Horner. And then you saw the double and then it was just remarkable that Gant would hit then Jake Marisnick and Wilson Contreras back to back to load him up for Anthony Rizzo. So five hit by pitches last night. That is a season high. It's the seventh time. Seventh time the Cardinals have hit three or more in a game. That is hard to do. That's our plate. We own the inside part of that plate. <laughs> you
3: know how hard that is to do? It is. It is to- they they lead in in hit by pitches. Yeah. And, and- It's harder to do if you're hitting guys with fastballs.
4: But when you're hitting them with breaking balls, they don't mind. They'll just stand there. Well, and and certain guys just lead in. You know, they got the padding. I mean, Rizzo's been hit 168 times, I think, now. I mean, he's like top 15 or 20 all-time and hit by pitches. But, man, oh, man, that that just, you know, you would have lost that game because of hit batters last night. Emily, what do we have on the text line,
5: 65780? From the 314-Sick of Summer. I need fall tailgates, college football, chill in the air.
3: Just live your summer life. Summer is great.
0: And I know, especially around this time, once we start talking about college football, excuse me, people get really excited because. It is a great time of year. But don't forget, folks, winter comes right after fall. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. Let's appreciate these July and August days while we have them because fall is great until you get to about mid to late November and then it's freezing.
3: Yep. And let's enjoy Joe Buck and Ted Simmons and Isaac Bruce and Steve Atwater. Going into their Halls of Fame, too. We need to have the end of July, the beginning
4: of August. And the Cardinals Hall of Fame, too. Looking forward to that. That's going to be great.
5: From the 573, sick of it. I'm sick of baseball hitters wearing more protective equipment than an NFL linebacker. Let's let them get hit without all the protection.
4: Well, they have curtailed it to where the protection is... Limited. It's not the Craig Biggio, Barry Bonds days. Mm-hmm. However, um, it certainly I would think allows a player to feel more comfortable leaning over the plate, yep. and and that is what you see. I, you know, I don't think it's the equipment. I think bottom line is you have guys that are throwing max effort and can't locate. Like what we saw last night with Waino and Hendricks, that was an entertaining game with the way that those guys went back and forth. They were throwing strikes; they weren't walking anybody. They're not max effort, you know. Their average pitch is about eighty-four miles an hour. So wow. I'm talking about you know your curveball at sixty-eight yeah. to your eighty-eight mile an hour uh, fastball. So I think that's the problem: is that you just have max effort guys, and a lot of times they're not sure where it's going. True, you know.
5: From the three-one-four. I'm sick of billionaires and their ridiculous space race. I'll take that comment back, though. If Stan Kroenke gives it a shot, too, and, and this is not for me, tragically, doesn't make it back.
4: Tragically.
0: He's just stuck in space forever.
3: Yeah. Now, interestingly, mm. the uh, the Bezos spaceship looked a Here lot like go. Stan Kroenke.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> I was going to say. I knew you were
3: going to go there. I'm just saying.
0: If Kroenke goes into space, though... With the gravity situation, (laughs) does the toupee come off the head and float into space? That's
3: the goal, right, is to get to zero gravity. So I would think so, yeah.
0: Not unless he uses Gorilla
5: Glue.
3: He may. That might be. Or it might be stapled.
5: (laughs) So so what did it look
3: like? What what was the spaceship? It was very interesting, Dan. Uh, it, It looked like Jeff Bezos might have some things that he's dealing with. Let's put it that way.
0: What sort of things is he dealing with? Emotional just, stuff?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, it Seems at home? like an Uncle Randy segment. <laughs> oh, that's coming up, by the way, at eight fifteen. <laughs>
0: yeah, get get your Uncle Randy questions. In.
3: Yeah. He he may be compensating. Let's just put it that way.
0: Compensate? Oh, okay.
3: My goodness.
4: <laughs> Emily,
3: what I was, do you have? I was
5: looking for a tweet. It says, "Hard to imagine a better divorce outcome than getting fifty billion dollars and then your ex literally leaves the planet."
4: Well, <laughs> it happens.
5: I thought that was funny. From the eight one five, disrespectful talk. Disrespectful talk that golf is not a sport. Sick of it.
4: Golf is totally a sport. Yeah. I don't hear that.
0: I don't hear that either.
4: Now you don't have to be in like prime shape to play golf.
0: But you still have to be wildly athletic.
4: Absolutely. <laughs> Hardest thing to do maybe in mm-hmm. sports is to either hit a baseball or hit a golf ball.
0: Yeah. Well, hit a golf ball well. straight.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spin it. Because I can hit it. a golf
0: ball,
5: but it's not
4: great. Exactly.
5: From the six three six, I'm sick of the over reliance of analytics in baseball. Amen. Yeah,
4: me too. Absolutely. I, I you know, I know that's where the game is going or is. Shouldn't even say where it's going. There's still a place I I'm a big believer, Randy, you would know better than us, but I'm a big believer that the pendulum kind of swings one way and then it all of a sudden somebody does it another way, they have success, and then that pendulum goes back right. the other way and there's a place for it, don't get me wrong, but there's also a place for just what we have seen in the past, which is baseball in a different way that it's played. And I think it's two-pronged. Number one, economically,
3: you pay home run hitters a lot. Somebody's going to get back to having a group of contact hitters. But the other part of this is, and you mentioned it the other night on the telecast, and Theo Epstein kind of took ownership of it, it's really not something that you want to
4: consume for three hours now. It's not entertaining. No, No. you know, the current style is not entertaining. And I'll, you know, last night, Ricky and I were talking on the the broadcast about it. Both teams had a chance with a runner at second base prior to even extra innings of do you bunt uh, a left-hander comes up, pulling the ball on the ground to advance the runner to third, less than two outs. So, and some people say, no, you swing away. Mm-hmm. You let it You let it happen and don't, you know, you get two cracks at it with a runner and scoring. I mean, li- you can dive into the numbers so much, but man, there's a place for a guy that can get a bunt down and move runners over and get runners in. Still enjoy that. Thanks, Emily. Thank Thanks you. for that picture of the Bezos uh, ship. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? It really is. It's really well designed.
3: Certainly.
0: I I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Coming up,
3: what sort of changes do the Cardinals need to make to be great? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: get texts saying that the Cardinals need to blow things up. They need to change everything. They need to have a different look team next year.
4: Randall, it would have happened if they lost last night. I
3: think probably it <laughs> would probably have. Right.
4: <laughs> if it wouldn't have happened, we would have had suggestions
3: for yes. it. Right?
0: We would have demanded it.
4: For but sure. It's interesting to
3: look at, you try to look at it from their perspective and their eyes and from an objective standpoint, knowing that the Cardinals are going to be working within the confines of a budget. So I'm looking at this team, and I don't know that the Cardinals... Let's let's start with the outfield, which they wanted to evaluate this year, okay? Okay. And then this included Lane Thomas, and it's included Lars Nootbaar and Justin Williams. But it also started with O'Neal, Bader, and Carlson. I think that O'Neal has become a pretty good player. I don't know if he's a 275 hitter. That's where he is right now, 275. Who is but, a 275 hitter? Right, right. Who but is? You're fine with it, yeah. yeah. So... If if I can get R- Dr- Tyler O'Neill, i almost said Ryan O'Neal, uh, the, the old actor. Yes. Uh, if you can get Tyler O'Neal to play a pretty good left field—and yes, he does have seven errors now. But if you can get him to play a pretty good left field and hit 25 home runs and have an OPS of 750 and slug 450— I would take that. I I think that your outfield right now, and you want to see if O'Neal and Bader specifically can play for three straight months, but I think this is your outfield for 2022. Agreed.
0: Agreed, and I think you should feel pretty comfortable with it, right?
3: Yeah. Now, you're comfortable at third and first, too. Hopefully, Paul DeYoung continues his bounce-back tour here in the second half. We don't know. And right now, going into last night's game, Tommy Edmund had an OPS of 666 and just wasn't getting on base enough. I do think, based on what we see right
4: now, you need a dynamic middle infielder added to this mix. Well, he, he might be doing it right now in Memphis, and that's Nolan Gorman. So they're, mm-hmm. they're playing Gorman a lot at uh, second base. Memphis, by the way, has won 11 in a row. Wow, They've had a really tough year across the board in the Cardinals minor league system. A lot of losses. Has, they haven't played well. It's, uh, by the way though it's if you compare the ages of the of the players on their specific teams they're the youngest teams uh, youngest team in their league so they're they, you know you're talking about guys that are facing some very good competition but if no if Nolan Gorman continues to progress like he is you would sacrifice his defense and and by the way he he shocked me how well he played third base in spring and I subscribed to the minor league uh TV schedule because I'm a geek. So I watch him. He's a very good third baseman. He's fine. Um, I haven't seen him at second base because he didn't play that in, in spring training. But I think that is the guy that you look at, In and in instead of going out and investing a bunch of money into a future second baseman, you may have that with Nolan Gorman. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Again, we don't know. And he still needs a lot of seasoning. A so lot. If he's your guy then, if you play him at second... And so you're looking at maybe
3: a stopgap, and you could Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond is that could, guy. Could be a yeah. stopgap. So okay, let's think then of DeYoung maybe hitting eighth. Well, you're gonna DeYoung would hit ninth next year because you're gonna have the DH. So you're gonna have to find a DH, and we're gonna get to this in a second. But I also think let me tell, ask if Bader and or Carlson can be a
4: good leadoff hitter for six months. I think we're finding out about Carlson. I I like him in the leadoff spot. It's twofold for me. I I don't know where where you guys stand on this. First of all, I think he takes too many pitches. I'd rather Mm -hmm. see him be more aggressive with some of the pitches earlier in account. That's nitpicking, but he is the one guy in this lineup that draws some walks. And so he'll get on base. I think he's going to be fine, and he's only going to get better. I mean, I think sometimes we forget he's only 22. Mm -hmm. And so the progression, even from this time last year, when he hasn't even played in a big league game, July 24th was opening day last year, which is a year from this Saturday of last year. So we've had a lot of baseball since that time. And uh, I just think he's going to get better and better. So I'm okay with that. And teams... You know, I don't know if we really need to talk about. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if we really need to talk about leadoff men anymore, because the typical prototypical leadoff man is no longer really in existence. But we got to have a guy that gets on base a lot, especially uh, with, and our, with our, our with not on Goldie. Yeah. You do, so I'm I'm okay with that. But you but I'm talking about like running. Vince and those, Coleman. No, that's those days not, are over. Not part of the game. So, but I, I am with you on on base percentage for sure. Okay, so we've got.
3: And what about Yachty? Is Yachty back?
0: I would say if he wants, I would assume that he wants to come back, right?
3: Yes. I I would assume he... So then
0: he's, I assume if he wants to come back, he's back. As much as
3: he's playing this year, sure. Bill DeWitt asks John Mozalek and Gersh all the time, what is our competitive advantage? Here's where the Cardinals can build a competitive advantage. And we'll get to the pitching in a moment. But the Cardinals can build a competitive advantage in baseball in 2022, especially with $60 million coming off the books. Fowler, Carpenter... Martinez, Andrew Miller coming off the books. If you're willing to spend an extra four million dollars on a good bench for veteran professional players rather than having a bunch of rookies, that can be the difference between a 95 and an 85
4: win team. I uh, was looking, just writing this down. So you were, you teased it by saying, uh, "How would you improve this team?" So I'm I'm looking at the immediate. And and then I'll get into maybe mm-hmm. a, a different look at it. And, we, and I should preface this by saying a lot of times when Mo makes a, a deal outside of a guy like Holiday where they had some background on him and if they got him here, they felt they could keep him. Um, typically speaking, it's been for the remainder of this season and then at least another year under cost control. Which, by the way, the asking price apparently for those players from what I've been told is astronomical wow. this year. But um, I look at... Like Garcia, McFarland, uh, you're, you're talking about Miller in the in the bullpen. So go to two nights ago, and you had guys that were not in uh, available, or you know you would use the big three. You got to find somebody else that yeah. can get you some out. So that would be my immediate, and I'd also look at to exactly your point, Randy, the bench. So let's just say that Yachty does come back. What he do do does with, come back. What, you know what do you do with Andrew Kisner? He can't just sit there. And and rot. And he's going to be 27. Yes. And, and so that's something I'd have to look at. I would also look at a fourth outfielder that has experience. Yep. Um, and, and get some balance in there. Get a couple lefties, a couple, major lefties, a couple of righties. Yes, a major league outfielder. And then my rotation that I have would be Reyes, Michaelis, Hudson. I'm going to say that Waino's coming back and Flaherty. That would be in my five. And then Woodford, Oviedo, Liberatore. I would love to see him go out and maybe get a free agent. And, and they have to get... And Mo even talked about this. Because so I can't read, count on some of these guys. No. I'm just not well, sure.
3: Think about this. Flaherty, Hudson, based on what we know from this year, okay? Flaherty, Hudson, Reyes, Waino, KK, Michaelis, Woodford, Oviedo, Libertor. Who are you counting on for 180 innings? Uh, and Waino's going to get you your 30 starts in 180 innings this year. But you don't know if he'll be back. And he'll be 40. So... Are you, can you count on that from Flaherty? No. Can you count on it from Hudson? No. Can you count on it from Reyes? There's no chance Reyes gives you 30 starts at 180 innings next year. KK? Can't count on it. Michael is certainly not. Woodford, Ovi. So they need to go out and find themselves that starting pitcher, and there are only two of them in free agency, Max Scherzer and Zach Greinke. And they're both going to be 37-38, but in the last 10 full seasons, Max Scherzer has gone at least 180 innings. Well, in nine of the ten full seasons and made 30 starts in nine of the ten full seasons. And Greinke's done it in six of the last seven full seasons. Those are two guys that I feel like I can count on. And and if teams have those guys, they aren't trading them. If, yeah. if you have them before free agency, you aren't trading them.
0: I was just going to say, yes, it would be great to get... One of those two guys. You certainly need a Lance Lynn type pitcher to yeah. add to he, the mix he, here.
4: Last week, my list had three guys on it.
3: So yeah, for
4: sure. Lynn signs for two years, thirty-eight, so roughly eighteen and a half million per. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's the starting price for your free agents. Yeah, right. For those guys, I would think yeah. it's got to be right.
0: And do you think that's something that the Cardinals would go out and? I do? think
4: they have to. And with the sixty
3: million coming off the books, now granted, you're going to have to pay. Next Some arbitration yeah. guy's coming well, up. And Arenado, the Rockies are paying fifty or fifteen of his this year, and he's deferred ten, and that money's gonna go up. the Rocky money it is going up. Yeah. So Arenado goes up a little bit next year. But if you're gonna have the same payroll, I do think that you add that starting pitcher. And one of the other things, Danny, we talked about the bullpen. Is some of these guys that shouldn't be starting right now? You can put down in the bullpen too, and you'll have Jordan Hicks back.
4: Yeah, you need a lefty though. I'm hopeful for Hicks. I I really am. I mean, Jim Hayes reported uh, on our game a couple of nights ago. He, he Jordan did not want to go on camera, but he said, "Look, if everything goes to plan, I'll hopefully get some innings in this year." That that to me has been the injury that no one talks about. Not let's just say that you kept the bullpen as is but when you were going south and you needed a rotation guy as much as you love Reyes in the back end of games that might have been a fit to where you said okay jordan hicks is healthy he's going to be now our closer we Mm -hmm. feel comfortable coming off of tommy john and we're going to start giving alex reyes the innings to prepare for next year and put him in the starting rotation which was probably something that they i would assume we're talking about and if they if things go south this year you know, if we're a month from now and going in September and you're 15 games out and have no shot, I, I would imagine you're going to see Alex Reyes maybe get some starts because you, you, you mm-hmm. want to build up some of these innings. So bottom line
3: here, you might get a backup catcher, a couple of bench guys, starting pitcher. I, I actually would feel okay. I, I don't want to come back with the same group, and I would like some churn, and Gorman comes up. I, I do think that the Cardinals are probably closer because of what we saw two nights ago and what we saw in June, closer than what we give them credit for.
4: Well, I'd also say they, they've they got to find a solution to the walks and the hit batters yeah. and the lack of strikes. I don't care who's out there, but that's got to stop. Well. Because that, that's not sustainable. And, and that's something that Mo
3: and Gersh and Schilt have to take a look at. Why are our guys not able to throw strikes? That's a problem that you have to solve, whether it's a coaching problem or whether it's a systemic problem. That's a problem that has to be solved. Coming up, get your text into the air comfort service. Text line 65780. We've got a little game of Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Take it or leave it on um, 101 ESPN. Get your text into the air. Comfort service text line 65780. Michelle, Dan, Randy, Emily, and you Ram fans out there, we always appreciate you listening because you're great. You're, you, we, we assume that you're, you're good people. And uh, Michelle and Dan, the, the, the Rams fans, they were a little mad the other day. They were a little salty when we reported on the air here. That Cam Akers, the former Florida State running back, who was great in the playoffs for the Rams last year, he had tore an Achilles working out, and we did mention, thoughts and prayers. And so the, the, I was vilified on Twitter by Rams fans. I even had to block one. Wow. Yeah. Well, My I, goodness. I, I blocked him because he has no self-respect. He calls himself like the president of the Rams fans in St. Louis Club or something. <laughs> but anyway, moving on, Cam Akers is out for the season. Eric Dickerson says, nope, don't sign Le'Veon Bell. Nope, don't sign Adrian Peterson. Sign Todd Gurley. Take it or leave it. Gurley would be a good sign for Sean McVay, Kevin Demoff, and the L.A. Rams.
0: Hmm. Eric
3: Dickerson said that. What's uh, left in the
4: tank with Todd Gurley?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I say sign him. Why? Because you don't think He's there's got anything left in, the, in tank. the tank? Randy thinks it's a great move. I
4: knew where he was going with this. Uh, Dickerson
3: said... That's a no-brainer. I mean, he knows the offense. He knows this offense. He doesn't have to come in and try to learn it. I agree. I agree, E.D. Go get Todd Gurley. I'm taking it.
0: I can't believe that you had to block someone. They must have been coming at you pretty hard. Oh, no,
3: the person just has no self-respect. It's kind of like the... I know this sounds terrible, but if you see, if I see somebody wearing around Ram stuff in St. Louis, what do I think?
0: You have no self-respect? I think they're homeless. Oh, crazy. <laughs> I do.
3: all all due respect. I think that probably they've got that stuff. It was donated. So that's just what I think. Now, if you are a Rams fan in this town and you have maintained your Rams fandom despite what they did to your town, you have no respect for your town or yourself. Sorry.
0: If you're you're from St. Louis. And I say
3: this with all due respect.
0: So you're saying if you're from St. Louis or the St. Louis area and you grew up or at some point the Rams were your team yep, and you still live here Uh and you still cheer for them. Right. No self-respect. Exactly. Okay. Just wanted to make sure we got that correct. You got it. All right. All right, guys. I have one. So, Mike Schilt got ejected from the game last night after a called third strike on Dylan Carlson. it of
4: salty.
3: Ooh.
0: Take it or leave it. You love the fire from Mike Schilt when you see it.
4: I love it. Uh, I, I know the fans loved it. The game is standing O. And, the, the, you know, the players appreciate, and I don't know if the fans necessarily would agree, you know, when Mike comes on a post game after a tough loss and is, is you know, trying to stay positive. He, he's trying to back his players because he's got to live with those guys. But I'm just here to tell you <laughs> there is a fire that burns in that guy that a lot of people don't see. Now, through an Instagram post a couple of years ago, you saw some of that. But yes. there is a fire that burns with that guy. Yeah. And I, I love I, – I'd take that because that's who he is. I'll I mean, he's fired. he's fired up. Yeah.
0: I wish we saw more of it.
4: I don't know if it makes a difference for me because I, I know how he is. Mm-hmm. But I get that, like a general fan would say, I love seeing that side of Mike Schilt when normally he's just very calm sitting on the bench and Torey, making his moves. Just give him a bunch of players. Joe Torrey never even stood up, but he kept winning. Yeah, he and Don Zimmer would just sit yeah, there and talk. talk yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, take it or leave it. I have two of them.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
4: Um, the first one is seven and a half out. The Cardinals are. Ten games head-to-head with Milwaukee. Seven and a half back of the Brewers. Will the Cardinals in September be within five? I'm going to leave that.
0: I'm going to leave it, too. Okay.
4: That's fair. Um, I think seven of the ten are in the final two weeks Mm -hmm. against the Brewers and the Cardinals. Uh, Trending right now on Twitter is one of my favorites, Dr. Dre. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Dre has been ordered to pay $300,000 per month to nicole young spousal support until she remarries and that is three million bucks a year take it or leave it randall you would do that for joan i'll take that you would do that if i got the like billions
3: of dollars that he got for beats 300 grand a month is a drop in the bucket for Greg. okay i'm a guy
0: can i give you one off that take it or leave it she's never going to remarry Because if if she remarries, then she doesn't get that money. Is that what I'm getting? So if I'm her, I'll do a Goldie Hawn-Kurt Russell deal, life partner. We don't need to get married. We don't need the ceremony. We don't need the hardware. I'll just keep the checks coming in. Thank you.
3: Mm -hmm. Are there any kids involved here? I think so. Okay. I'm just wondering who has a better deal between her and Miguel Cabrera's mistress. Miguel Cabrera's mistress has it going
4: financially. He is owed still like $60 million or seventy or something like crazy. Unbelievable. Have you guys seen the uh, Jimmy Iveen or Levine, I can't remember his name, and um, and the Dr. Dre uh, documentary?
0: The Defiant Ones. It's one of my favorite docs ever. It's
4: unbelievable. Cute. Probably my favorite.
0: Jimmy Iveen, he said something during that doc that I'll never forget. He said, to be great, you have to be unrelenting yes. in your pursuit for what you want. And that, that's what he and Dr. Dre did. And I, any athlete that we look at, look at Tom Brady. He is unrelenting in his pursuit for greatness. The guy doesn't even eat any sweets. He's even eating avocado ice cream. He's that unrelenting in his pursuit for greatness but most of the great ones they're consumed by it
4: yeah. might be the uh, best documentary i've seen take wow. it or leave it here from uh, 314 even though both teams are a million games out last two games have been must watch tv i'll take that yeah i'll take i'll take that except for the ninth innings
0: even but that's still much must it watch is. tv you know it might have given you some ulcers but it you were on the edge of your entertaining, seat yeah. there's, been the yeah. Yeah, there's been some drama yeah there's been
4: drama and the crowds have been really into it too A lot of cub fans here
3: how much I, has, I is is Dre's wife getting? Thirty grand a month? No three three three
4: hundred yeah three hundred a month three million okay. a year. Okay, so Miguel Cabrera's
3: mistress is only getting twenty thousand a month in child ah, support. So. nothing.
0: Yeah, please, yeah. not even in the same conversation.
5: No, it's
3: not. Emily, what do you got for us?
0: From the six one
5: eight, take it or leave it. The Kraken will make the playoffs this upcoming season. I'm going to
3: take it. They're in a bad division. I'm going to leave it. I don't I don't love their team, but Who's I think their goaler. But, Uh, The guy from Florida, right? Yeah, no, they're not going to make it. Nope. I'm going to leave it. Joey Decord, Chris Dreiger, and Vitek Vanacek from Washington.
0: I think because of the immediate success of the Golden Knights, we just assume that Mm. it's going to happen for Seattle. It's not that easy.
4: No. Ron Francis wants to build it like now they're going from scratch, but he has talked about having the cost control things under the, you know, basically having a long-term plan it's not about placing in the best guys it's the long look at it and being financially responsible and trying to um what's the word i'm looking for but making sure that everybody's not up at the same time um stagger 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 the deals so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that they're not gonna make it you can mark that down
2: from Mm -hmm. the
5: from the 636 take it or leave it Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC is better for the SEC than Texas and Oklahoma in the Big Ten.
4: I would take that.
0: They seem like more of a fit in the SEC. Yeah,
3: of course they do. <laughs> the, the Big Ten is all about academics, aren't they? What? We're the SEC. We SEC so so is all so about we, academics, so you're saying The SEC
0: doesn't care about school. We're
3: a football conference, Michelle.
0: That's big boy football, Randy. It is.
3: yeah. I will say that the sec teams many of them alabama kevin wheeler's daughter alabama katie was heavily recruited by kentucky there are like four sec schools georgia's another one that have boots on the ground all the time people that live here that are recruiters for those schools for sec schools because they want to get good students they want to have that perception that they're better academically but no they're a football conference
0: come on vanderbilt exists
3: well, there's a reason the Vanderbilt's in the conference, because we need to have smart kids. And Mizzou.
0: Nice save there. Thank you. Thank you, Randy.
3: See? What do you think, Emily? You're a Mizzou grad. Are we a football conference? Yes. We are. Thank you. <laughs> she reluctantly, <laughs> that's, yes. That's why we're paying $4 million a year for Eli Drinkwitz. Come on.
5: Dad, I
0: studied. <laughs> I know you're listening.
4: Eli was in uh, the ballpark the other yeah. night. Yeah, It was great.
0: Yep. Yeah, he was. Didn't appreciate him throwing the Illinois t-shirt that was presented he sure to him. Did. But, uh... We don't you need. To, we don't need to read again. It.
3: Michelle, four million a year.
0: I I know. I know. And by the way, I got a tweet from Pat Smith, who used to. I think he might still work with Feinbaum, but he tweeted at me. You should see Eli Drinkwitz's shoes at SEC Media Day. They're custom Mizzou Tiger there Air Jordans, yep. and they oh. are fire. They are <laughs> sick. You look at Eli Drinkwitz on the surface, and you might judge a book by its cover before you talk to him. That guy has got it. He has got charisma. He has got swag. And you don't think that all of these young kids that he's coaching or trying to recruit are looking at those shoes and like, "Did you see Coach Drink? Look at his Mizzou Jays. He's got the drip. They think he's the coolest. Jays and drip,
4: cool. Randall. Jays and drip. What's drip? Yeah.
0: It, it's your swag. So, it's it's your clothes. What's Jays? Jordans. Oh. You don't have any J's. No. You don't
4: have any
0: J's, Dan? No. <laughs> so I got no
4: J's.
3: Are we thumbs up? Are you amazed? Gary Pinkle was not going to wear these shoes. All due respect. Neither was Barry Odom. I, no, I love
5: Coach Pinkle. But no, he wasn't going to wear them. No. Coach Pinkle good.
3: didn't
0: need to wear the shoes,
3: no. though. And drinking can, can get them made. That's the cool thing. Totally. I just want to see wins. Just well, win, you, baby. We'll see wins. All right. Hey, we're going to wear it. We are. Because we're Are Lindenwood you? kids, but yeah. we're still Black and Gold, right, oh, baby? Oh, you betcha! Uh, so yeah, we're going to have a top ten recruiting class. It's going to be awesome.
0: Okay, next, you enjoy it, you two. We will. You three, I'm putting Dan in there. <laughs>
3: next up, Black and Gold man, Lindenwood Lions and Mizzou Tigers—one and the same. That's right.
0: I'm sorry. Big, I think Wiz Khalifa claimed that for Pittsburgh.
3: Big Cat Country. Coming up, the blues I are gonna have one. a different look in <laughs> 2021 2022 yes, and that man. will include not having Vince Dunn. That's coming your way next on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the
1: Carrier and Smallman Podcast on 101 ESPN.
6: <laughs> From the St. Louis Blues, the Seattle select
2: Vince Dunn. Tarasenko
3: to Shen, in the circle, through to Dunn, he scores! Power play goal! Vince Dunn, his first point of the year. Now to Dunn, he scores! Vince Dunn steps into a slap shot
1: as the puck crept to the middle of the ice. Lasered it past Rice. Dunn ties it at two for the Blues. Quick shot and a wrister, and
3: Blues score first in Game 7. It's 8-10, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Vince Dunn now a member of the Seattle Kraken and Michelle and Dan, with his departure and the presumed departure of Vladimir Tarasenko, of the players that dressed for the Blues, 20 of them for Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals in 2019, Dunn is gone, Tarasenko gone, Schwartz, our friend Andy Strickland reporting that he's going to explore free agency, Edmondson, Gunnarsson, Bo Petrangelo, Maroon, Jake Allen, all gone. Still around from that team are, at the moment at least, Sunquist, he'll be here, Barbashev, O'Reilly, Perron, Thomas, Shen, Sammy Blay, maybe or maybe not Zach Sanford. It looks like there's a chance that Tyler Bozak could come back, Pareko, and of course, Jordan Bennington. So about half of the roster that dressed for you a couple of years ago in Game 7 will open the season in October for the Blues.
0: That's a completely new identity, a completely new team, and the list of names that you mentioned of guys that aren't with the blues anymore. That's a lot of leadership. That's a lot of seasoning. And I just think that we're looking at a completely different blues team heading into this season. And I wonder with that, if there's going to be any sort of an alteration in the style of play that they're going to have to have, because you can't just continue to look back on the team that won the cup and want to play the same way. You've got to adjust to the personnel you have,
3: especially when you have different guys like Krug, Krug is not Bo Meister, He's not Gunnerson. He's different than anybody they had. Falk is different than anybody they had. Pareco needs to step up. That's one of the, uh, That might be the big thing for this team is when, when they let Alex Petrangelo go, he wasn't replaced by Justin Falk or Tory Krug. He was supposed to be replaced by Colton Pareco And so
4: Pareco's going to have to step up and be a number one.
0: you got to have him healthy to do that. Yeah.
4: So you got defensively Krug, Scandella, uh, Mikula left side, right. It would be Pareco, Falk. Bertuzzo—that's the way I would look at it. Maybe Perinovich gets a, a mm-hmm. shot. What I'm fascinated with is that free agency starts Wednesday, so the the Blues right now have about 17.4 million dollars available. You got 17 players on the 23-man roster, and the next domino that has to fall for the Blues looking forward next year—in I think it's pretty obvious—is what do you do with Tarasenko yep. and? He wants out, but who holds the leverage? Because are our, our teams skittish because of the shoulder? Can Doug Armstrong pull off a deal where he doesn't have to eat anything? Um, and that's where you get what the Blues might be able to do when they have more certainty of what they have under the cap to make these moves, especially if Schwartz and Tarasenko are gone.
0: Yeah, that's the interesting part of this. What is his value? Because he's a guy that at times, a healthy Vladimir Tarasenko is the ultimate X factor. He can take over a game. He's an unbelievably pure shooter. But if I'm a team, do I really want to absorb that salary based on the injuries and based on what I've seen of him when he's been out on the ice the past few seasons? I'm tempted, but ultimately, will I pull the trigger? I don't think so. And I think Doug Armstrong's in a tough spot.
4: What do you think of his trade value coming off the two surgeries? Now, the article was done by Jeremy Rutherford about the surgeries and he's fully healthy. But if I'm Tarasenko's camp, um, I'm open for business. I mean, if you want out of St. Louis that badly, you cannot limit Doug Armstrong and trying to move you because Armstrong's leverage is, okay, we, we tried to move you. We couldn't. You're back in St. Louis, which I don't think is going to happen. But that's the leverage there. So Tarasenko has to be open to go to anywhere and say, look, I'll waive the, the limited no trade that he had because he did have a limited no trade and, and just say, you know what, um, deal me wherever you can. And, and that takes away from his leverage because, right. you know, you start looking at how this is going to play out, what teams, number one, want him, have room under the cap and then fit under the list of teams that he'd be willing to go to. And it's probably very, very small. Yeah,
3: and... He's obviously an exceptionally talented
4: hockey player,
3: but is he willing to play within your system? And even the the most wide-open teams, like the Lightning, they they play within a system. You've got to have a history of playing within a system, and everybody in the league knows about every other player. And like you say... Even though his doctor is saying the shoulder is rock solid, and I'm sure the medicals that they're getting are that the shoulder is rock solid. The fact of the matter is he has had three shoulder surgeries, and he's got $15 million left for the next two years. I would be wary if I were another GM or owner.
0: Well... What's the doctor going to say? It doesn't look great. Of course, the doctor is going to say my work was awesome and he's cleared to go and he looks healthy. And of course, Vladimir Tarasenko right now looking for a new team is going to say that he's willing to play within whichever system is presented to him. Of of course, these things are going to be said on the surface. But once you get in the mix, actually, is the shoulder okay? Is there trepidation to play the way that he used to play because of the shoulder injuries? Once he gets comfortable in a new organization, if he doesn't like the system, is he going going to defer to the coach? How is that going to play out? And I think if you're any organization, you need to take a really hard look at all of these things and do your homework.
3: There yeah. was a rumor about Philly the other day. And I said to Michelle, I said, clearly they aren't listening to Mike Yo. if Philadelphia is interested because Mike Yo's is no. an assistant there. And I have to believe he would be pretty honest with them. Of all the guys that
4: Questioned Vladdy playing within the system as a head coach. It was Mike Yo, and now as we advance the story, so now you know Dunn has gone to Seattle. Doesn't look like Schwartz is coming back. Would you guys agree with that? It looks like it. So mm-hmm. the domino that's got to fall is Tarasenko, and then I'm thinking Landeskog, and I'm still kicking the tires clearly on Matthew. Kuchuk. You have to, um, and maybe now you even overpay a little bit. Well, in terms of the what you give up to get him, so. He's got next year, he's got two years. Yeah. So you're looking at Calgary's leverage is a year and a half. And his highest value, in my opinion, would be now. You give him a full year, you give a team two full years of him, you get a haul for that guy.
3: And the thing is, I don't know if other teams know this, but it's my understanding that Calgary knows that if they move him, the only place that Kachuk would sign an extension would be St. Louis. Mm. So if you're the Kings and you want to make a move for Matthew Kachuk with the knowledge that he's going to go into unrestricted free agency, you're not going to get as much back in return. Right.
0: And to your earlier point, Dan... I'm I'm sure if you're in Vladimir Tarasenko's camp, you're looking at this situation, and maybe Calgary wasn't initially on the list, but the relationship is so frayed now between the Blues and Tarasenko, he can't come back here. So if Calgary is the place and you're Vladimir Tarasenko, I think that you sign off on anything, really. He he should be signing off on anywhere at this point. If he
4: hates it that much to where he wants out, he's going to have to play ball a little bit too and, and have a give and take. Because if I'm Army, I'm saying, look, if I can't find a deal, we'll just bring you back. Yeah, and if you don't want to make fifty, you know, the seven and a half million dollars, no problem.
0: If you don't want to play, right. don't play. And so if,
4: that's his leverage. The yeah. thing is, if Brad Travelling, just think about it from
3: this perspective: the, if the GM of the Flames, Brad Travelling, goes to, and by Darryl, the way, they will yeah. find a place yeah. for him. Yeah, but, they will. Yeah. If he goes to Daryl Sutter, though, <laughs> Daryl Sutter, does you want Tarasenko? You, you think Daryl Sutter and Tarasenko are going to mix well? No, I don't think so either. I, I, you got to find it. The, the the spot where you where Vladdy lands is going to have to be a unique situation.
4: I, I would be if if I had to pay a guy fifteen million dollars coming off three shoulder surgeries. I am I'm so skittish about pulling off that deal. Now I'd feel a lot more comfortable pulling off that deal if the team, the Blues, in this case, huh. are willing to swallow X amount of dollars. I don't know what that would be. I don't know how you do it, but that's that's how I look yes. at. It. I don't know how you do this without. Having that type of situation unfold. And JR is going to join us later in the hour.
3: JR did tell BK and Ferrario that if Army could have found a team that would take on the 15 million, didn't matter what the return was, that Vladimir Tarasenko right. wouldn't be a blue anymore. Exactly. Coming up, we've got a quick Ask Uncle Randy for you. Get in your text to 65780. It's next yeah. on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Your text six five seven eight zero. If you would like to ask Uncle Randy, if you need any advice whatsoever, <laughs> I'm here to provide it for you because I'm generally a pretty good guy. Uh, so if you have yeah, any questions, but Uncle Randy's got a little edge. Yeah, well, it's sometimes yeah, a little edge. It depends on the day, Danny. All right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so your are Tech 65780. Oh.
0: I thought you were going to play your
3: oh, yeah. your I, thing I, I that you normally play. I, I can get it. Hold on here.
0: You don't need to. I was just waiting for that.
3: We have the music, Randall. I know. Okay, go ahead. I, I didn't even have my thing set up. I apologize. Because
0: normally we do this on Wednesday, but after that Cardinals loss on Tuesday night, yeah. we had to completely shift. do you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> our game plan. Don't you put that on us. There you go. There you go. Um, Something new and exciting. Today's fun because we have Uncle Randy and we have Cousin Dan in the That's house right. as well. So Cousin Dan, feel free to chime in on any of this I'd stuff. I'd be happy to. So from the 573, Dear Uncle Randy slash Cousin Dan, someone's mail <laughs> got sent to my house and they won't come pick it up or arrange a time to meet somewhere to get it. What do I do?
4: Well, I'll start uh, if you don't mind. Yeah. I, I think you return it to the um, the mailman. Yep. Just give it right back to him. It's not that hard. This is not something we need to go to a deep dive into, Uncle Randy. I think you just return it to the mailman. There's actually an Elvis Presley song called Return to Sender. Doom, 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 do, do, return. Address
3: unknown. Mm-hmm. No such number. No such zone. Yeah, just write <laughs> uh, Return to Sender on it. Yeah. And, no big uh, deal. And Return it to Sender. It's no big right. deal.
0: I, I bet now you can probably even get stamps that you put on the letters that say Return to Sender. You probably don't even need to write it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no big Got deal. The I appreciate that this texter even went so far to try to find the person whose mail it was and meet with them. This to is get,
3: a tremendous was, amount no, of effort. Think yeah. about that plus texting us.
4: Well, yeah. that that because now you've taken it too far. You don't need to be in person here. Let's stay socially distant. Okay. Just give it to the mailman.
0: From the three one four, dear Uncle Randy and cousin Dan, my son is a Rams fan and it's really hard. How can he get his self respect back?
4: I'll leave this
3: for Uncle Randy. Well, I, I will say the first thing to do, and by the way, I, I feel for you because you feel like you raise your kid the right way and then this happens. <laughs> so I, I get it. Where I did you go
0: wrong? Yeah. <laughs> As a parent. Yeah. <laughs> Kidding.
3: No, no, you're right. Uh, so I, I would say that uh, the, the first thing you need to do is find a good franchise that cares about people. Good franchise that cares about people. Hmm. Where could we go? Well, the Green Bay Packers are owned by their community, right? They care mm-hmm. about people. Uh, That'll be fine. Yeah. So I, I would say that's the first thing, is try to convince him how evil the ownership of the Rams is. That Point out to him that they actually kicked people off of the land that they had been living on for 30 years or more. And... People were displaced. They, they lost their homes because of this owner. Just point out the evil of the, of the owner, and then you can move on from there. But it is troubling. I, I, I feel for you, seriously.
0: Yeah. You just say to your son, do you love St. Louis? The answer will likely be yes. And then you say you can't love the Rams if you love St. Louis. Both things cannot exist at the same time. If you no. love your city, you can't love someone who did them dirty. It's just how it goes. That's right. how you do. That's how... <laughs> That's what it be, Dan.
4: I've been around, you know. There you go. Thank
3: you, there you Uncle go, Randy.
0: Randy. Now the segment feels complete. From the 314, dear Uncle Randy and cousin Dan, how do I improve my cooking skills as a single guy?
3: All Great right, question. this is easy. No, it's, it's easy. Great question. Because everybody can follow instructions, all right? So you get a recipe off the interwebs and follow the instructions to a T and your dish will come out fine. It's not hard. All you have to do, and you do need some measuring spoons, measuring cups, you need the proper ingredients, but if you can follow instructions,
4: you can become at least a representative cook. I would say as a single guy to dazzle that special person in your life, why not take a cooking class? And then when you make that special, uh, you know, you want to impress that special somebody You have that one dish you can always go to say hey come on over i'd love to cook for you and look what i have and it just tastes beautiful
0: yeah that's right
4: and if you do that that you know i'll tell you what you're gonna have a beautiful night
3: (laughs) um hold on here because i believe it's schnooks.com slash cooking school
4: is it not i think so let me just make sure but that's what i would do as as cousin dan is to take that cook and it's very simple to do. You can take that class, and I think you're going to find that you're going to enjoy cooking and, and probably dive into some more areas of it as well. Yep. You can take one class and learn a lot. Just go to schnooks.com
3: slash cooking school. That's right. Perfect. Play, Dan.
0: Also, like most things in Thank life, you. it might seem intimidating, but once you try it, and once you do it a few times, it's not yeah. intimidating at all. No. Not at all. Start to hone your skills. You start to see what you like, what you don't like to do, how much effort re- required for certain dishes. You'll be great. It's you are also- like going in the
3: basement when the furnace is down there bother you at all
4: well you can so also like kevin you yeah, can go right. out and get something and just say you did it no you don't you, do that no you, well, you could you could but you don't want to eventually,
3: eventually you'll get point. caught
0: though yeah. right so you're gonna slip up yeah, the boxes will be yeah. the top of the right garbage yeah. you know you, what you what gotta mean? put
3: your yeah. own little style There's on it like on a sunday hey can you make that for me again um, well, sure i gotta go get gas closed
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 they're closed <laughs> it happens
0: from the 636, dear Uncle Randy and cousin Dan, my wife just got approved to work from home. I've been working from home for a year. For mm. She now wants to relocate to a coast. How do I convince her that living on a coast is overrated despite us never having lived there?
3: Two words
4: Ooh. Hurricanes and wildfires. <laughs> Dep- <That's- laughs> well, you got both coasts. Yeah. Yeah, you you got and them
3: hurricanes both. Hurricanes on the east and wildfires on the west. And by the way, there is a mega drought going on out west, if you aren't aware of it, where they can't even grow plants anymore.
4: It's terrible. It's Arizona, Nevada, California. It's it's awful. It's well, terrible. I'd say this, Uncle Randy, not knowing this particular individual's status in St. Louis of having maybe family and friends who relocate to a coast uh, and maybe you don't know anybody on that coast, and you're already both working from home. I'll tell you what—that could be a recipe for disaster. That's a lot of time between that lovely couple together. It is a lot of time. Let me throw be one. Be careful with that.
3: Yeah, one of other thing out there for the misses. I'm just saying, and I think that Emily, who has done this most recently, Michelle and Dan will all agree: moving is the worst
0: absolute work.
4: it sucks but you know once you're done you know you can't that cannot be part of the equation i think it needs to be looked at as where am i in my relationship with this loved one and understanding we don't know anybody that means we're spending so much time together that's true and they ain't gonna fly no and by the way if
3: at some point you're going to have children well st louis is a great place to raise kids we got
4: a free zoo That's right. Point that out. That's right. Great schools, Randall. Mm -hmm. Great schools.
0: Okay, last one for you guys. Speaking of kids from the 757, dear Uncle Randy and Cousin Dan, my son is two and a half. Mm -hmm. We've been in St. Louis for two years now. I'd love to take my son to a Cardinals game. Is two and a half too young?
4: Absolutely not. No. I'd say do it. Now, I'm not saying stay all nine. No, 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 no. But uh, you know what? Take a few innings in. Maybe even bring a headset of some sort, like the year things, you know, for the little guy, and uh, take in the game. We've got, I've got a picture downstairs uh
3: on the shelf in the basement of me and a two-year-old Patrick at the game. His first Rams game and his first Blues game, I think, were both when he was two, so that is certainly not too old. And many people bring babies. I I have a friend, oh, actually yeah? his name is Brad Thompson, uh, who's... Son, I believe, has been to every single Cardinal home opener of his life. Is that right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Well, not twenty twenty, right?
3: No, but I, nice everyone call, more Michelle. fans could be allowed. By the way, Michelle Dan pointed out to me uh, the one year anniversary of the Cardinals
4: opener for last year is Saturday. So
3: I, I July, mentioned that
4: July twenty fourth off the air and on the yeah, air. So I'm glad say, that he, you were paying attention to us it. on the air, Randy. Yeah, Uncle. Randy
0: this one just snuck in and I want to get it to you guys really quickly from the 314 cousin Dan and Uncle Randy my mother-in-law's 80th birthday is the same night that I have Rolling Stones tickets what do I do
4: it's the mother-in-law you go to the stones
0: (laughs) that's a a
3: no-brainer
4: is younger than the stones maybe it's your mother-in-law it's the mother-in-law it's not mom
0: I just looked it up. Mick Jagger, 77.
4: Oh, okay. You, you go to the mm-hmm. Stones. She But
3: it's totally, comparable. It's comparable. Yeah. The mother-in-law is going to be totally on board if you explain that and say, Mother-in-law, we have Rolling Stones tickets. They're only going to be in town this night. Can we do this birthday party on another day? And then... Hopefully she'll Wait. say yes and then
4: hopefully she won't capitulate.
0: Well, here's what the he? other thing I'm just
4: saying.
3: She's why 80. Uncle
0: Randy.
4: Uncle Randy always going down the are, death road. Why don't you just that? Hey, why don't you just say, "Hey, I've got something to surprise you for your 80th birthday. I know you were there at Woodstock. I'm assuming Rolling, the Rolling Stones played Woodstock. I don't, I don't know they if they did. did. I, don't know. I don't know if they did either. I don't I could be wrong about Give that. Hendrix did. He, but, what, he was Hendrix was awesome. There. Shout out. But um, you know what I got for you, mother-in-law? Stones tickets. No, <laughs> hop in, baby. Let's roll. No, yes, no. you bring her. I think. And if you lose her on no. the way, so be it. But you, you you take her to the concert. She will. It's a hell of a present. Yeah. She doesn't want to go. And she. she will, how do you know that? Well, she might like it. She
0: they might may be thinking me. outside I, the
4: box. I am Uncle Randy.
0: She may have a tattoo with the tongue out. You know. you yeah. don't know About this, Randy. She,
4: you got a tat.
0: She may know I Mick do. Jagger. They're peers.
4: Yeah, maybe she likes to watch him wiggle. I'm telling you. <laughs> he does. He the, shakes it. I was watching, the, I went to the Stones a few years ago. It was unbelievable. Yeah, he, he they does are shake unbelievable. It. So uh, I figuring
3: mother in law's probably uh, She's 80, so you're 50. No, you, it, it, and you already have the tickets. So somebody's not going to be able to go if she does. So just ask if you can do it another day. And if she says, I'd like to go to the Rolling Stones concert, you then her.
4: you change the plans. Well, I think you say to her, you offer her the tickets knowing that she probably doesn't want to go. And then she'll say, oh, my goodness, what a great opportunity. You need to see the Stones. You got to go. And then you, you've already you've taken care of the birthday aspect. Hey, I was thinking about you. I got us tickets. She's not going to go. You've got the tickets. She's going to tell you to go. And everything's covered.
0: Moves like Jagger. But what if she says... Not only do I not want to go, but I want you to be at my birthday party. It might be my last one. You mean the world to me. You're, you're like a blood son to me.
4: You say, well, well, we'll have a luncheon. Yeah, there's <laughs> plenty of time in the day. Yeah.
0: Oh, early bird special.
4: Absolutely. Blue light at the special. Casino.
0: She probably eats early.
4: Casino's a perfect call, Randy. Pre-game Thank you. with the yep. birthday
0: dinner, then go to the Stones. There you
4: go. I was told the Stones did not play Woodstock. Yeah, I thought I was wrong about that. But that's the era. Janice Joplin, did she, she played uh, Woodstock, I believe don't know. I was not there either. I just remember it. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you have gone? Would you have wanted to go? No.
3: Not.
0: You're not a music festival guy, Randy? Uh, not that
3: particular music festival.
0: <laughs> More of a Coachella guy.
3: Yeah, maybe. Point Fest.
0: Lollapalooza. Budweiser
3: Super Jam. <laughs> Boom. Uh, thanks for your texts and for Ask Uncle Randy. Coming up next, we've got the fight on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the character
1: & Smallman Podcast on 101 ESPN. Mm.
0: It's Carriker and Smallman and Danny Mac here on 101 ESPN. It is time for the fight. Randy's competition on this Thursday is David. What's up, David? Welcome to the show. How are you doing this morning?
2: I'm doing good. How about yourself?
0: We're doing great, thanks.
4: David, what do you do for a living? This is my favorite question. Uh, What do you do, baby? I sell cars. Yeah, where where at? At South County Dodge. Okay. All right. Well, good luck to you, and uh, let's take down Randy. Let's do it. All right. All right. All
0: right, David. We're cheering for you. Here's question number one. The Seattle Kraken selected Blues defenseman Vince Dunn with their expansion draft pick last night. Dunn earned the top defenseman of the year in two consecutive seasons. For which team while playing in the OHL before coming to St. Louis? Is it the Peterborough Peets, the London Knights, or the Niagara Ice Dogs?
2: Oh, Ice Dogs.
4: Seattle Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner was the Seattle star chosen to announce the Kraken selection of Dunn last night. Wagner is a Super Bowl champ winning Super Bowl 48 against which team? The Ravens, the Patriots, or the Broncos?
2: The Broncos.
0: Question number three, David. The Houston Chronicle came out with a report yesterday stating that Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. What year did Mizzou and Texas A&M join the SEC? Was it 2011, 2012, or 2013?
6: It was 2013.
4: On this day in 2016, it took 16 innings to decide a game between the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Which Cardinal hit the walk-off homer to win the game? Was it Steven Piscotty, Jed Jerko, or Matt Adams? Matt Adams. All right, David. Score check. Very well.
0: Randy is coming in. Dan, have you ever wanted to host a game show? I, think, I do. I think you would be excellent at I it. I
4: would love it. I'd get fired though because I would upset somebody. I know I, don't I think would. So. Oh, I totally <laughs> would.
0: I think that you should definitely do that. I mean, just add another job to the list. I'd love it.
4: <laughs> I think it'd be fun to host a game show, but I, I would get fired.
0: I hear Jeopardy's open. Oh yes. Why? We need to give Danny Mac a tryout on Jeopardy.
4: They want to throw me a, a one-time-only shot at it. I'd love it.
0: And on an off day?
4: Oh, I'd go nuts. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Oh, i would be fun.
0: What about you, Randy? You ever want to host a game show?
4: Yeah, I would love to host a game
3: show. That'd You'd be fun. great,
0: too. But could you do it, Jeopardy per se, if you knew the answers? You're, you're such a mega mind. Would it be difficult for you to host the show if people were guessing things and you knew the answer? Oh, he's highly
4: are. talented, though.
0: That's true. He's a professional. To adjust.
4: That's yeah, right. I could handle it.
0: All right, cool. I Randall think you say, would uh, be great.
4: He would be. I'm telling you, he'd be perfect for it. Randall, say good morning to David, please. David, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening.
3: Thanks for playing.
0: Yeah. Randy, the Seattle Kraken selected Blues defenseman Vince Dunn with their expansion draft pick last night. Dunn earned the top defenseman of the year in two consecutive seasons for which team while playing in the OHL before coming to St. Louis?
3: In the OHL, what team was he on? Somewhere in Ontario Because it was the Ontario Hockey League Can I I go with the lifeline here?
0: Of course The Peterborough Peets The London Knights Or the Niagara Ice Dogs
3: Okay, so uh, Robert Thomas was a London Knight
4: I think I'm going to go with uh, Peterborough For for Dunner Randall Mm -hmm. Question two Seattle Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner You remember him? Oh yeah he was the Seattle star chosen to announce the Kraken selection of Dunn last night. He is a Super Bowl champ. Yes, he is. Winning Super Bowl 48 against which team? Super Bowl 48,
3: the Seattle Seahawks played the Denver Broncos and killed them. And then the other Super Bowl they played against the Patriots and they won. I left the room in the fourth quarter, but I think they won. I'm not sure. Because they were about to go in for the winning score. That's correct. So I'm going to go with Denver Broncos.
0: The Houston Chronicle came out with a report yesterday stating that Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. Mm-hmm. What year did Mizzou and Texas A&M join the SEC?
3: M I Z. Z O U. I believe Missouri joined in 12 and then played in the SEC championship game in 13 and 14. So I will go with
4: 2012. Randall, on this day in 2016, it took 16 innings to decide a game between the Cards and Dodgers. Which Cardinal hit the walk-off homer to win that game?
3: This was on this date in 2016. Cards and Dodgers. Would have been here, obviously, if you hit a walk-off home run. A rainy day. Waka started. Ah, that uh, There was a rookie that started for the Dodgers. We were at California Pizza Kitchen. And who hit the... This is the bad part. Who hit the walk-off home run? And I already is my lifeline. So let me think about this. 2016 Cardinals.
0: I love that you remember you were at California Pizza Kitchen.
3: Watching the game in the rain. Yeah. What did you eat that pizza? night? Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Uh, they used to have a great pasta dish with mm-hmm. um, with asparagus. Is that right? Yeah. I don't think they have that on the menu anymore. Leave oh. it to
0: Randy to go to CPK and not get pizza.
3: No kidding. Oh, they, they have better stuff than pizza there.
0: Whoa, hot take.
3: Yeah, big time.
0: Should t- change their name. Mm.
3: Okay. So you had among the home run hitters that you had then, you had Matt Holiday. Who is still here in 2016. Um, boy, this team uh, that didn't make the playoffs, did it? it was mildly forgettable. Um, dun, 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 dun. Hold on, let me think. You, you had Marp still playing. Uh, I'm guessing you had a Ledmus Diaz probably at shortstop. Is there a time limit on this, I'm just Emily? thinking about this team. You didn't have... Uh, <laughs> You, okay, so you you won a, a lot of games. No, 16. You didn't make the playoffs. Uh, okay, so let me figure it out here. I guess I, I'm going to go with one of those two. And I, I'm going to go with um, Matt. Which one? This is the three Matts. I'll go... <laughs> I'll go with Adams.
0: Oh, wow! And with that pull of Matt Adams, Randy and David have a tie. They both (laughs) got three correct. That was nuts. That was insane. That you just went through that rainy night, California Pizza Kitchen. Somehow we arrived at Matt Adams, which is the You had to think answer. about it a little bit. Um, I appreciate that. All right, David, here's how the tiebreaker is going to work. I'm going to read the tiebreaker question. Randy will write his answer down on his sheet of paper that's in front of him. We're going to give you first crack at this. You're going to give us your answer. Randy will reveal what he's written down. First to get it correct or closest to the pin wins. David, are you ready?
4: Yeah, David quit after Randy David, took five minutes ready? to get to Matt Adams. <laughs> David, are uh, you with us, baby? Yes,
1: yes, I am. Oh, okay. thank right, cool. right. you. I think maybe okay. we had
0: him potted down a little bit. Randy, you ready? Ready. David and Randy, here is your tiebreaker question. What is the highest number of pass completions in a single season by a St. Louis Rams quarterback? What is the highest number of pass completions in a single season by a St. Louis Rams quarterback?
3: Oh, wow. Um,
0: and this is just St. Louis. Yeah. Thank you, Emily. Just St. Louis.
2: Um,
0: Randy has showed us his sheet. David, whenever you're ready.
2: Well,
3: this 800. Sorry, yeah. David? 800. 800.
0: Randy, please reveal what you wrote down. I
3: had uh, 343.
0: Okay.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm way off.
0: Emily, ring the bell. A winner
1: and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight sponsored by Ryan Kelly and HeroLoan.com. Check out how they help veterans and service members at the new and improved HeroLone.com.
0: I am shocked that there was no victory celebration from one Randy Carrier after that.
3: I was I, I put too much thought into that.
0: You okay? You need to I'm sit fine. down? Yeah, my brain is hurting. You need hurting. a cold compress?
5: Yeah. We good? <laughs> Big time. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, as you heard, Randy did win the fight. David, oh, so close. It came down to the tiebreaker question. Randy was closest to the pin. So Vince Dunn earned the top defenseman of the year in two consecutive seasons when he was playing in the OHL for the Niagara Ice Dogs.
5: Oh. 2015 Niagara. Is in that in Ontario?
4: No. Okay. It's right there on the border, though. Close I guess it depends then. on which side you're on. Okay, Niagara, Ontario. Shout out yeah. to
0: the Ice Dogs. Uh, the
4: yeah, Seattle Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner was the uh, Seattle star that announced the Kraken selection of Dunn last night. Super Bowl mm-hmm. champion as they beat the Broncos, who both got it right 43-8 to in 2014.
0: Mizzou and Texas A&M joined the SEC in 2012.
4: And it was Matt Adams who hit the walk-off homer this date in 2016.
0: And finally, the tiebreaker question was, what is the highest number of pass completions in a single season by St. Louis Rams quarterback? David guessed 800. Randy guessed 343. The correct answer is 375 from Mm -hmm. one Kurt Warner back in 2001. David, awesome fight. Thank you for listening. Thanks for playing. Have a great rest of your day.
4: You too. Thank you. Thanks. Great job, Randy.
3: Thanks, Dan. (laughs) Dan's pretty excited taking his headphones off.
0: Throwing them down. Leaving the building. Furious.
3: We're going to talk some blues hockey with Jeremy Rutherford next on 101 ESPN.
1: We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we
3: go. Jeremy Rutherford spent three years doing mock drafts for the athletic and picking out who the blues would lose and for the better part of the last year i believe jr if i'm not mistaken it's pretty much been vince dunn right congratulations you join us on the brown and crouppen celebrity line uh it, you've had vince dunn as that name for a while right
2: yeah, I think for the better part of a couple of years. And uh, I'll have to own up to this, but uh, you go back probably two years and we were suspecting that David Perron might be the guy. So how things have uh, changed a bit. But, uh, but yeah, Vince Dunn uh, was the player selected, and I think that was probably the obvious choice here for the last 18, 24 months.
0: Well, Jer, what will the Blues miss out of Vince Dunn in his game?
2: Well, I think they're going to miss a great third-pair guy. I mean, this guy can skate. He, he's got good offensive mm-hmm. instinct. He can help quarterback a power play, and uh, you know he's he's you know prone to a few turnovers. But he, for what he does in that third pairing, playing fifteen sixteen minutes a night, I think he did a pretty good job. And face it, uh, twenty two years old on that Stanley Cup team, you know he he had a pretty good year that year. So I think they are going to miss a quality player. But things evolve, things change. You have a Tory Krug now. You have a Scott Prinovich uh, coming up, and you know a lot of talk about this Blues defense being undersized. And you know, 203 Vince Dunn. I don't know if that's totally undersized, but he was on the smaller side. So I, I think they're going to try to uh, get a little bigger in that area.
4: So Jr. Uh, free agency. Correct me if I'm wrong. Will open up uh, next Wednesday. So, about seventeen and a half million dollars available right now. And do you anticipate that the Blues would have clarity on Schwartz and Tarasenko by that time?
2: Yeah, breaking it down with Teresinko so hard to read. Could they have a trade between now and next Wednesday? I think it would help them. Although Kerbs made a great point last night, Chris Kerber. You know, the Blues have $17 million in cap space, Dan. They could actually go out and sign a nice free agent like Alanda Skog, just using him as an example, and then address the Teresinko situation uh, later on. So they do have the the room to do that, but it sure would be a lot easier if Doug Armstrong was able to unload Teresinko in the next six or seven days. And then uh, speaking to sources yesterday, uh, 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 Jaden Schwartz talked to Seattle about a contract, didn't get one done. There's a chance that they could circle back when free agency starts, so he could be gone to Seattle or somewhere else. But at this point, it looks like Jaden Schwartz is going to hit the market. And what about Tyler Bozak? I think he's on the back burner right now. I think the Blues like him. They're staying in touch with him. They realize that he's going to come cheaper than his last contract, $5 million, Randy. Could he be two, two and $2.5 for a couple years? 35 years old, but we saw last year how well he played. I think he could be a good, you know, fourth-line player and even move to the right wing if you need him to.
0: And, JR, from a leverage standpoint, with Seattle not taking Tarasenko, what does that do for Doug Armstrong in his position as he tries to move Vladdy?
2: Yeah, a little bit uh, complicated. I I think now that we take a step back and we look what's happened in the last uh, week or so, exposing him to Seattle, I think it was a pretty wise move. See if Seattle takes them, see if they're able to flip them. If they do, that alleviates the problem that you've had trying to move them. But I don't think, as I wrote in the story this morning, that the Blues are in a bad position. Everybody you know, wants to jump and say they couldn't trade them before the draft. Seattle didn't take them. So now how are they going to unload them? Well, we're not playing hockey right now, so teams know that they have time. So now teams can circle back or Doug can reach out to them. And perhaps you come out even better in terms of how much salary you need to retain as opposed to what they were asking you to retain prior to the draft. So I do think Tarasenko will get moved. And I think the blues are going to do their best to free up some cap space. But listening to, to people around the league, you know, Doug Armstrong, if he, maybe he can't get a land He knows he can't get one of those guys. Perhaps he gets a player or two back in the Tarasenko deal. But we all know the inevitable is they're going to move him. We just don't know when. Do
4: you think the, there's any way they can move him without eating salary?
2: I don't think so, but it all depends on the structure of the deal, Who, who's coming back and what Doug Armstrong's trying to accomplish right there. I just kept, keep hearing the best deal available, the best deal available. Now, does that mean that they uh, retain 30, 40, 50% of Laddie's 15 million that they owe him? It's quite possible, but I think Doug's going to continue to search until he gets that number down. And, and if he can unload the entire 15 million, even better for the Blues.
3: Jeremy Rutherford with us on 101 ESPN. And by the way, he will be in the fast lane this afternoon from 2 to 6 here on 101 ESPN. JR, we mentioned earlier in the show that when the season opens, the Blues will have about half of the 20 players that dress for Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. If you can give us an idea of what you think the identity of the Blues will be going forward. It doesn't appear as if they're going to be a big, heavy team. So what do you think that Doug Armstrong is trying to build here?
2: Yeah, I heard you guys uh, talking about that. And with each move, you know, another guy leaves. And, you know, that that happens. A lot of times it happens sooner than this. Uh, you know, Randy, you've been covering for a long time, Dan, Michelle, with uh, look at the Chicago Blackhawks. They lost several players off their team the following year. Uh, Tampa Bay is losing guys. They lost Kevin Shattenkirk after they won it. Um, so I, I don't think this is unordinary. Uh, but I think in terms of their identity, yes, it's changing. That was a team that, you know, finished the checks, got into the zone, Uh, I think they still want to come at you with waves and they're going to try to do that. We didn't see a lot of it last year in part because of the injuries, Uh, but they, they just gotta, you know, learn to develop uh, the the skill and that type of hockey that we saw in that Stanley cup team and blend it together. It's a fast skilled league. And and you have a Jordan Cairo, a Robert Thomas, they come up seeing Patrick Kane, you know, that's the way they want to play. And I've talked to Craig Ruby about this. A lot of people, that well, maybe he doesn't like that. He wants to dump the puck in and grind him down. No, that's not that's not it. He wants to have a transition game. He wants guys to be able to be good on the rush. But the Blues are going to have to find a way. Have to find a way to blend that with playing hard every night.
0: Jr. Looking at external options for the Blues. You mentioned Landeskog. Where do you think they're at with the quest for Matthew Kachuk?
2: I think that's kind of there, and they're probably exploring. I think more so though, the exploring is being done on the Calgary side. Calgary's like, okay, do we need to trade him this summer? Can we wait till next summer? Does he want to be here? How do we find out if he wants to be here? You know, let's talk to him. And I, I do believe that Calgary's thinking if we know that he's not going to sign here long term after next year, we're going to have to move him. And then we've talked about this the past couple weeks. I think the Blues are going to be one of a number of suitors there. So I do believe that Doug Armstrong's probably had conversations, but I don't think this is like a everyday deal or a couple times a week deal. I think they're waiting to hear what Calgary's going to do, and then they would respond accordingly.
4: How uh, how quickly do you think the, move, uh, the Blues move next Wednesday when free agency hits on whatever target that may be or targets?
2: Well, you know, last year was a, a different year, obviously with uh, COVID, but I think in a typical year, uh, Dan with free agency, those big guys usually get their deals done, and and we're talking day one, day two of free agency. So while I said earlier that the Blues do have that 17 million in cap space, if they don't sign anybody between now and then, like a Jaden Schwartz, you know they're going to be able to go out and and talk to guys, even if the Tarasenko situation isn't uh, clear. Uh, but with the Gabriel Landeskog, I mean, if you're not in at the beginning, which I know the Blues have expressed that interest. You know, you got to be quick on that situation. Otherwise, uh, you're going to lose them. So I think they will be. Doug has talked about all the time, you know, free agency starts at noon and they're on the phone at uh, 12.02 calling guys. So uh, I think they got their eyes on some guys. They're going to have some money to play with. And I think with the holes they have, they realize they're going to have to be aggressive.
3: JR, last thing for me, every beat writer at the Athletic was asked about the possibility of their team trading a first rounder, and I thought you gave a very good reason for why you don't think the Blues will move theirs.
2: Yeah, mine is, and Doug Armstrong could get bold like he has in the past and move that first round pick in a package. You know, if he finds the right deal for Tarasenko and it includes moving a first round pick, perhaps he does it. Uh, But, Randy, the cupboard's bare. I mean, when I do uh, stories about the Blues system and the prospects, we'll be talking a lot about that in the next couple days with the draft, the amateur draft coming up Wednesday. Uh, The Blues don't have a lot coming up. Their guys are here at Cairo, and and Perinovich is coming. So after that, there's not much there. So first-round pick, 17th overall. It's the highest pick they've had since 2010 when Tarasenko and Schwartz were taken. The Blues need to restock the system. This would be a great way to do it.
0: Uh, one more for me, Jr. Since the Kraken did just draft their team last night, what did you make of the the team that Seattle put together?
2: You know, it's funny. I was watching the draft with my wife, and she knows her hockey a little bit. But as she watched the uh, draft, Michelle, she kept saying, "Who is this guy? When are they going to pick a good player? Like, isn't this supposed to be a who's who of you know who they're picking off of each team?" So I, I thought they got some. Good players. They got a great leader in Mark Giordano. I'm sure that he'll be a captain. I know he's 37. Uh, Yanni Gord off a two-time Stanley Cup team in Tampa Bay, and Jamie Alexiak. So now, what's Alex Ferrario going to talk about uh, now that Alexiak is with uh, <laughs> Seattle? <laughs> I'm kidding. I've been doing the same. So I think they got a pretty good team, uh, even though uh, not a lot of uh, names. What they did there, guys, is uh, left themselves with a ton of cap space to go out into free agency or trades and make some deals and. I think that team will look a lot different, a lot better by the time the season starts.
4: Boy, you are a true romantic to be hanging out and watching the expansion draft with your wife. Man, oh, man. Did you get her some flowers That's or something, right. too, or what?
2: Hey, Danny, I was working. She, uh, she stepped into the room and decided to sit down and watch it. And, hey, if we got uh, two quick seconds, I want to tell you, you're talking about how old you are when you go to your first Cardinal game. I was uh, three years old. Uh, Bob Force's no-hitter was my first game in 1978. And, uh, Danny, this ties in to you. I always told myself that whenever I take my son to his first Cardinal game, I'm going to take a bunch of pictures, save the ticket, and frame it hanging in his room. Uh, Randy and Michelle, Danny was nice to flip me tickets for the family one night. We went down there, had a great night for my son Eli's first game, and now we have a nice framed picture with the tickets hanging on the wall. That's That's phenomenal.
3: That's awesome. Love to hear that. And, uh, Jr., was it an error on REITs, or should it have been a hit?
0: (laughs) Especially you know at
3: three, Andy? you should have known. Yeah, you
0: have an opinion at three.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe <laughs> JR, thanks now, for the time. Love to have you with I'm us. Have to, I'm about to go back and look at the highlight now. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I do. you, guys.
3: Have, have a great day. We'll be tuned in this afternoon. Thanks, guys. That's Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues he's Insider, great.
4: who will be with us in the fast lane. That's a great job. Boy, That the stories he's breaking yeah, right now, he's, he's phenomenal. Nailing it's worth it. the uh, athletic yep. subscription.
0: He's on top of everything. really
3: yep. is. Speaking of being on top of everything, Michelle's on top of the fact that we've got soccer coming to St. Louis, and we're going to talk about her experience last night next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
3: Michelle is tired today because she went and saw some MLS soccer last night. How was it?
0: I'm tired, but I'm riding on adrenaline because it was an awesome experience. It was so great. And thanks to St. Louis City SC for the opportunity, uh, a group of us went down and we got to see a sporting Kansas City game, a sporting KC game. They were playing the San Jose Earthquakes, and it was actually kind of a research trip for us to get to see an MLS stadium, to get to see an MLS experience, look at the supporter section that they have in Kansas city and get a sense of what we're going to be in store for here in St. Louis. And it was a beautiful, beautiful stadium. I absolutely loved their supporter section. It's called the cauldron. So the entire stadium, they call it welcome to the blue hell and their supporter section is called the cauldron. And it was so fun. They're doing their, their chants and the claps and they're they're just so engaged the entire game. And it's going to be so cool for us to not only have our stadium here in St. Louis, but to be able to build those traditions that the supporters are going to, they're going to curate it themselves and it's going to be awesome.
3: One of the great things I feel about soccer, professional soccer, is that the atmosphere can be built around things other than the soccer? And that's what you're talking about, is it the the game is a part of the experience, but there's so much more, and I know that's the way it's going to be here in St. Louis, so much more than just the soccer experience.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it was very interesting to go in there with fresh eyes and get to see what they do. And I wrote so many notes about little things that they do, but one thing that supporters usually like to do is tie in with a charity. And it's called uh, their their stadium's called Children's Mercy Park. And do you remember when Iowa football did the thing where the kids would look out the window mm-hmm. and they would wave at them and and honor them? Sporting KC does something similar where they have a child who's in the hospital that they honor. He's the the
4: kid of the game. Kid of the
0: game, fan mm-hmm. of the game, and they cheer for him and he gets to dance on the big screen mm-hmm. and cheer, which is so cool. And I know St. Louis will end up doing something like that this time with the charity, but Everything from the pregame intros to when Sporting KC scored a goal, they had blue smoke that came out of the, of the cauldron. And it's just little things like that that it's so cool that it's a homegrown thing that everybody gets to build together.
4: They tailgate for football and baseball pretty well in Kansas City. Was there a bunch of tailgaters? And I'm sure they probably made a whole afternoon, evening, night out of it.
0: So we're, we were told that there are. We didn't get to experience that. Um, I was told that after the game, if and when they win, that there's a big supporter group that does kind of a tailgate after that. But it was a 1-1 tie, so right. we didn't get to see that. Um, but, yeah, that's one going one to— 1-1 draw,
3: actually.
0: 1-1 draw. Nice there, you call, Randall. there you go. There you go. The match out on the pitch. Um, but— that's Another thing, too, where the stadium was positioned, it's kind of in its own section of town. The fact that this is going to be woven into the fabric of downtown St. Louis, that you're going to have a stadium right there downtown, it's going to make it so convenient for people to get down there, get something to eat, set up a tailgate, be able to really make a day out of it in downtown St. Louis.
3: Casey's actually on the Kansas side, correct? I think so. Yeah, Overland Park, I believe, on the, on the other side of the border. So that is pretty cool and I'm glad that sort of research is taking place that we're learning about and this is what they did for stadiums too: what the best things are from each venue so that it can be applied here in st. Louis
0: one thing that was really cool is I I paid a lot of attention to the supporter section because they set the tone Mm -hmm. they set the tone of what you experience in that stadium, uh, not only from a chanting and energy perspective, but for the opposition as well. And they have, I think, about 1,500 fans in the supporter section. St. Louis City SC is going to have almost double that. And they're going to have a really steep set of stairs there and an overhang that's going to trap the sound. So the energy that the supporters have, it's going to be intimidating for people to come in there and play City SC. And another thing that I noticed is there's areas right in the corners of the field where fans can stand. So pitch. Thank you, Randy on the pitch. So imagine if you're an opposing player and you have to take a corner kick and you're right there in the corner of the supporter section and fans are feet from you screaming in your face or chanting. It's going to its going to be a very cool experience and even though there's 18,000 plus that were in that stadium, there was no bad seat in the house and it felt so intimate. And I think that's what's going to be cool about this is that you're going to feel like it's a smaller group of people even though there's going to be 22 and change that are in the stadium.
4: I don't think there's going to be any problem filling that stadium here in no. St. Louis. I mean, they had what 45 to 55,000 55, requests for tickets and that won't be a problem. No. This is a great soccer community, so it'll be well supported. And my sincere hope would be that Kansas City and Sporting KC hasn't registered
3: that name because as of August 1st, Wrigley Field will kind of be a blue hell,
4: too, on it? Oh, Randy. Could be. That could be. Just saying. I am interested to see Cubby what blue the uh, <laughs> Cubs look like when they come through. St. L- I think they come through one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a different looking team.
0: Decimated, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Good. Um, well,
4: I'm glad, he, glad you got an opportunity to do that. Pretty cool.
0: It was very cool. Thank you, to again, to St. Louis City SC for the opportunity and Sporting Casey who are very gracious to us. And that might be the last time, because I think they're going to be our true rival. Oh, and yeah. And so they were, there were a lot of people that were in the group that were down in the supporter section, mm-hmm. and there was already chirping about St. Louis barbecue not being great. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, Kansas City claims to be the home of soccer here in America that's not true hello hello have they heard of st louis let's
3: listen to don garber the commissioner of mls okay
0: i would think so i think he would know yeah and uh, i think there is going to be some bad blood some pretty organic bad blood between city sc and sporting kc so
4: i would love to see a weekend of interleague play kansas city cardinals and then the two soccer teams Mm -hmm. maybe blues in the playoffs you could have a hell of a weekend here that'd be fun that'd be great yeah
3: that's Michelle. That's Dan. I'm Randy. Coming up, you're killing me, smalls on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101
1: ESPN.
3: Hey, 101 ESPN is your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Black Crows lawn seats for Saturday, July 31st at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, playing Shake Your Money Maker in its entirety, plus all of their hits. Tickets to see the Black Crows on sale now. You can also find your chance to win tickets for the Black Crows at 101ESPN.com and on the 101 mobile app, but you can get a pair of tickets right now if you want to see the Black Crows perform Shake Your Moneymaker. All you need to do is hearken back to Ask Uncle Randy. And the question is, what concert did our texter want to go to on his mother-in-law's birthday. What concert did our texter want to go to on his mother-in-law's birthday? Texture number 80. You get the tickets to the Black Crows.
0: 80 because it was her 80th birthday. Yep. So I'm sur- cool. Is Dan texting in right now? I know he's a no. huge fan of Shake Your Money Maker. I, uh,
3: yes, in I am. Entirety. In its entirety. It's not entirety. like you're getting the uh, the three-minute version here. You're getting the entire Shake Your Money Maker. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, it's a big deal. They they let it rock. Black Can Crows, roll. lawn seats. Whew. And it's mm-hmm. going to be you and the lawn and some smoke. And it's because there's because there'll we be smoke, smoke wafting from the cooking of the hot dogs, apparently. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I thought you were implying something else.
3: Do, are, do you think that I'm implying like the Acapulco Black, Michelle? Is that what you're thinking? Is it thought... Chiba? You, you're, you just think that if it's a concert, people are going to be puffing the magic dragon. It doesn't work that way necessarily. Thought... It's the last concert you went to, Randall.
0: Great um, question.
3: It may have been Hall and Oates, where they literally propped them up on stage. It was terrible. I was going to go Hall
4: and Oates, Huey Lewis, uh, Peter Paul, Mary, A Puff the Magic Dragon,
3: Living by the Sea. Did you
0: say they propped them up on stage?
3: Yeah, it was terrible.
0: That's awful.
3: I mean, it was maybe Wham. Wham. I've never been to a Wham concert.
0: Is that Wake Me Up Before You Go Go?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It may have been Billy Joel at Bush Stadium.
0: Hey, that's a good good one. one.
3: Yeah, so I'm not sure. All right, it's time for...
0: You're killing me, Smalls. So Giannis, a Kumpo, NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP also likely a character and Smallman listener. Stick with me here. Yesterday was Wednesday. Giannis was celebrating, becoming an NBA champion. So what did he do on Wednesday? He went to Chick-fil-A to celebrate. So that only leads me to believe that he listens to Wednesdays with Wayno on Character and Smallman, mm. brought to you by Chick-fil-A. And he knew that it was Wednesdays with Bueno, so he needed to celebrate by going to Chick-fil-A. And Giannis has been doing these great Instagram lives. He has such a great personality, and he put up 50 in the Bucks' game six victory, allowing them to beat the Suns and close out the NBA Finals. So what did he do when he went to Chick-fil-A? Here for yourself.
6: Are you gonna say your order? Okay, you? Can I have a 50 piece? Sorry, I'll put you, uh, can I put your camera? Do you mind or no?
5: Sure.
6: I just, uh, there's 150,000 people watching you right now. Really? Yes. So can I, can I have please a 50 piece Mac Minis, 50 exactly, okay. not 51. None, chicken 49 beans. chicken minis, yes, 50. And um, let me have a large drink, no ice, half Sprite, half lemonade.
0: No no ice, so Ural of him, no mm-hmm. ice, half Sprite, half lemonade, 50 piece of chicken.
3: I love the play. Now, should he take advantage of the Sun Joy? Because Chick-fil-A is a proud sponsor of Wednesdays with Wayno on 101 ESPN. And don't forget that on Wednesdays, you should stop by your local Chick-fil-A, like Giannis did, and enjoy an ice-cold Sunjoy, Chick-fil-A donating a portion of the proceeds for Sunjoy Wednesdays to support big league impact through the baseball regular season. But that is pretty cool. Not
4: 51, not 49, 50. I have a question. I've never had, uh, you, you said it was Sprite and tea?
0: It was Sprite and lemonade, no oh, ice.
4: Oh, lemonade, okay.
0: So instead I it's... I think it
4: he did say Sprite and tea.
0: Oh, wait. I thought he said Sprite and lemonade. It is half Sprite, half lemonade. Half, No oh, ice, okay. okay. no ice. Interesting.
4: No ice. I'm a big fan of tea, And lemonade, but I've never had Sprite and lemonade.
0: Yeah, a little Arnold Palmer action. Of course. I was thinking I might have to try that. That's what I'm saying. The next time you hear Adam Wayne right on our show on Wednesdays with Wayne, next Wednesday, Mm -hmm. and you hear the call to action to go to Chick fil A, you need to order the Giannis special. Mm. Get 50 pieces of chicken, go half Sprite, half lemonade, no ice, go Giannis style. 50 minis. Also, I love that he asked if he could put the worker on camera. He didn't just swing the camera right. around. No. He was like, can I Can I put you on camera?
4: We have 50,000 people watching.
0: 150,000 oh, 150.
4: people. Oh, Okay. <laughs> so do. that was a live Instagram? Yeah, it was an Instagram oh, live. That's great. Dan, okay. do you ever Instagram. go live on IG? I've never been. Uh, I'm not IG official, and I've never gone live on <laughs> IG.
0: So you're not IO, but you, oh, could, IO. you yeah. could go IL, Instagram live.
4: I've never done that. Have you?
0: One time when Randy did Chubby Bunny, that's it. When he did the Chubby Bunny Challenge here on the show, is the only time I've ever gone IL.
3: And you? 13 marshmallows. <laughs> you downed them? I put them in my mouth at once. Oh, it was all and one say, time. And then said
4: Chubby Bunny.
0: I have to show you the video. Oh, it's Dan, you gotta hilarious. watch it.
4: i watch it. I look forward to seeing it. It's Highly on my Instagram
0: right now. It's where it lives. Excellent. You're killing
5: me, Smalls.
0: And quickly, Jerry Jones was talking about the Cowboys, the state of the Cowboys. He had a pretty detailed and transparent press conference, at least for Jerry Jones. And one quote coming out of there is said, quote, Jerry Jones, I would do anything known to man to get into a Super Bowl. Anything known to man. Do you think that's true?
3: Yes. he's 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 running out of time. Yeah, if it gets him money, too, I would think it would.
0: But anything? Yeah, he's done pretty much anything. Anything known to me. He didn't say to win a Super Bowl. He said to get into a Super Bowl. Yeah, you got to win. Yeah, come on. If you're going to do anything, Jerry, you at least want to win. Did I
3: ever tell you guys when I did that thing at the... uh, it was that now it's a Stiefel Theater. What was it called before? Peabody. When it, the NFL had that town hall meeting, and I had those pictures of NFL owners, and 31 of them had received awards or done something good for their community, something philanthropic. The picture, and I, Eric Grubman wouldn't take my stack of pictures that I printed here, but the, the picture that I had of Jerry Jones was with two young ladies, and he was yeah. drunk off his butt in Dallas. You had that in your pictures? In my group of pictures. you
4: an idiot.
0: Randy. <laughs> Did you just say that you printed here as in printed at 101 his yeah, band?
4: Yeah, printed all those pictures.
3: I love
0: that.
4: <laughs> well, you did your due diligence and your
3: research. I did, yeah. And he yeah. was helping out the community, right? Putting a couple of young ladies through college.
0: How did you choose? Because I'm sure there's a lot of pictures like that of Jerry that exist on the internet. And yeah, probably this was difficult was for you to pick, right?
3: Quite, quite famous, though. <laughs> it was great.
4: Super Bowl this year in L.A. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. The house that Jerry facilitated. Helped, yeah.
3: Just as that lawsuit is rolling, too. It's going to be awesome.
4: Yeah, I mean, if they don't settle it by then, you would have to think that that's going to be a point of emphasis for some of the national writers. Yeah. I mean, so many things are brought up. I mean, you go back to when the Rams were in the Super Bowl a few years ago, and it did get some traction about them being in and what's going on in St. Louis. And, you know, some of that uh, information was brought out then. So. Thanks, Michelle. You got it. Coming up next, the Cardinals with another chance to get
3: above the 500 mark tonight. Will they? It's coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the
1: character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: You know, I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, it's time to go home. Yachty's up. This is it. You know, I just know he's going to take a good at bat. Molina with a
4: drive. And a deep.
2: guy you want up in those spots he really is
3: you heard from mike schilt and you heard from adam wainwright and you heard from danny mack last night on Bally sports midwest cardinals with that 3-2-10 inning win over the cubbies and the redbirds will try to get over 500 for the first time in 33 days tonight when they send kk to the mound against albert alzali of the cubs and the cardinals can pick up a half game on each milwaukee and cincinnati they have the day off
4: Looking forward to it, uh, Kim, Alzali. And by the way, Quang uh, hun Kim comes in with a scoreless streak now of 21 and a third innings. It is the longest currently right now in baseball. I mentioned that I didn't sleep very well last night, so I was doing a little uh, deep dive on this. But um, it's always kind of interesting when you go into the numbers. But he, at this point, now with 21 and a third, in terms of Korean-born pitchers, Third longest scoreless streak in the history of baseball. Wow. Yeah. interesting. So that that's a, st- a little side note. It's a great what, side note. What's happening right now. But you got Kim, you got Robbie Ray, Corbin Burns. Uh, there's a pitcher with Oakland, all with scoreless streaks that are double figures. But the longest right now is Kim. He's pitched really well.
3: And at some point, if the Cardinals want to get back into this thing, they're going to have to put together somewhat of a streak. And getting the good work, they're... they're starting pitching has been really good lately shockingly good lately and that's how you're going to put together a streak where you win 12 out of 16 or 16 out of 20 and that's what you're going to need to do if you're going to be a playoff team this year you're going to have to have that run at some point
0: you also need to not have the bullpen do what we saw the past two nights and you need to to limit the walks obviously you don't want to be hitting batters that's been problematic but you're right the starting pitching hasn't been the issue especially the past couple nights it's been the bullpen
4: how about uh kim now 23 starts i i am very curious uh where he is where the cardinals are would you bring him back does he want to come back does he want to go back home he's made 23 starts and has an era under two and a half in his career Mm -hmm. albeit brief it's not even been a year now because the year started last year on uh a year ago this saturday and at that date if you guys remember he was the closer right in that game and then went into the rotation but he's been really good now he'll turn 33 today it's his birthday so happy birthday to happy birthday. Hun kim but uh i am curious what what they think i mean is do you want to bring him back does he want to come back what's the appetite to do that does he want to get back home with everything that he's been through with the pandemic Now, obviously, he's a major league player, don't get me wrong, paid handsomely, I get all that, but he spent an entire year away from his family during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and doesn't know the language and in a new city, a foreign country. That is, I can't imagine what this year and a half has been like for him. It's been ridiculously hard, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, that's incredibly difficult
4: and to do what he's done has been even more impressive yeah he has you're totally Mm
0: -hmm. right we don't talk about that enough the mental toughness it would take to to do something like that
4: i think a lot of guys would have said i'm good um Mm -hmm. i need to be home with my family Mm -hmm. even though this is what i wanted to do now it's being paid a lot of money to to do what he's doing and i get it and a lot of people would say you know what i'd be away from my family make that kind of money Hell, you get to go play baseball Randy i get it raises his
0: hand. <laughs>
4: he's made a lot of money too so but you know i give him credit for what he's done to get through the pandemic and and to be a reliable starter and now we're seeing the guy that they anticipated so uh kk goes in with that scoreless streak tonight
3: and obviously a big win last night and taking 3 out of 4 against the cubs would be huge and the cardinals didn't have an op- they, they didn't take advantage of their opportunity to feast against some of the lesser competition that they were facing last month. Now you finish this series and you get the Indians who are... They're limited right now. They find a way, don't they? They, It's unbelievable. And then you get the Twins who are having just an abysmal year that nobody expected. Then you have Atlanta and physically they're... Obviously, with the loss of Acuna, they're compromised
4: now. And then you get the Royals and the
3: Pirates and the Royals again.
4: uh, Atlanta has not spent a day above five hundred this year. Amazing. I I cannot believe that. Me neither. Their bullpen is in shambles. Acuna is out. Uh, Obviously, they're dealing with the situation with Marcel Ozuna. Freddie Freeman is a free agent to be, but their bullpen has been terrible. They've gotten some decent starting pitching, um, but their bullpen has had all kinds of issues. And as it pertains to the Cardinals tonight, I I think it's interesting what happens. You know, if Kim gives you six, how do you get the final seven, eight, and nine? You know, those yeah. those outs. Now, I would anticipate that Reyes could pitch tonight, so you'd have him, but who bridges the gap? You know, you had John Gant. Uh, is it Justin w- You know, Gant pitched last night? Yeah, Heldsley, right? Yeah, I think you can go him. I think you stay away from uh, Gallegos. You stay away from Cabrera. So probably two of the big three are out, so... Others have to step up, and I think that was the point that Mike Schilt was trying to make the other night was I can't go to these guys every single game, so I've got to use other players and pitchers and who's going to be that guy or players that step up and allow them to give them some type of flexibility in their bullpen. I I know that people generally are wary of
3: this, but if they have a one-run lead in the sixth or seventh Andrew Miller generally has pitched well since he got back from the injured list. I I guess that's the guy that I would go with. If I have to go three batters and I want to
4: use Helsley in the eighth, I I might go with Andrew Miller. I think that would be certainly an option here tonight, especially depending on, you know, who's coming up. It's Mm -hmm. not like you're facing the Giants where Gabe Kapler is using interchangeable parts all over the place. But, you know, Andrew Miller would be a guy uh, certainly Reyes, I think, Helsley, um, I, you know, Garcia, eh, you know, if you're down, I think he's your guy. If you're up, then it's got to be Helsley or some of the others that we just mentioned. Hey, we want to congratulate Mike in Troy, Missouri. That's the home of the ink spot where
3: I got my my blues Stanley Cup tattoo. Mike in Troy, Missouri is on his way to the concert featuring the Black Crows because he knew that our texter wanted to go to the Rolling Stones concert on the birthday of his mother-in-law. So congratulations to Mike. And we mentioned that it's KK's happy birthday. But it's also happy birthday for loyal listener Dan, a firefighter in the city, turns 28 today. want- I want to thank you guys. You're my favorite radio show. Appreciate all the hard work and great information. Keep it up. Can I get a Let's Go Blues? One, two, three. Let's, Let's Go, go blues! blues. And hey, you, well done. Yeah, firefighters wow. are great at Good that. Job, Dan. And and Dan. We aren't working nearly as hard as you, so thank you for what you do for us.
0: Yes, thank you, Dan, and oh, enjoy yeah. your birthday. Yeah,
4: yeah absolutely. Turning twenty-eight, and yeah. be safe out there. No, not me, Emily. The Dan yeah. that was Dan the texter, the firefighter. I'm teasing you. Oh, you're giving me that look. Like what? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Dan We're the gonna. Firefighter. Uh,
3: Cross things over with Dan towards the Danny Mac Not Show. Not the firefighter. No, but Dan McLaughlin, yeah. voice of the Cardinals on Ballet Sports Midwest, home of and host of the Danny Mac Show featuring BK, coming up on 101 ESPN. What do they have coming up? You have to stick around. It's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on
1: 101 ESPN.
3: Michelle Swoman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker, and we will be back at it tomorrow morning. Greg Amzinger was actually playing golf this morning, so he'll be with us tomorrow because he didn't want us
4: to interfere with his little tea time.
0: Sure. I'm happy to accommodate Greg's golfing schedule.
4: Yeah. I, I Let him go to. do it. How much you paying him to do it, Randy? What, the show? Yeah. Uh,
0: not a whole lot. Right. Probably okay. doesn't even cover his golf fees. <laughs> for exactly. The no, it but you know what? Greg lives in New Jersey, and as someone who spent a lot of time on the East Coast, Emily can attest to this, these summer days are fleeting. Yeah. So we, we better let Greg enjoy it while he can, because it's about to get cold there really quick.
3: I have no problem with him playing golf. Well, it sounded like
4: you were a little upset. I was going to a little salty. We need to let it go. I was just feeling a little salty, because it was fun. See, Michelle's nice, a and time. I'm she... not. Will you know play along and be nice to? I'm not. I don't let you off the hook. No, sir.
0: Dan throws down the hammer.
4: Absolutely. Hammer time.
3: Oh, oh, oh,
4: oh, oh, oh. you know he he worked for Charlie <laughs> Finley. Yeah.
0: M C so Mrs. M C Hammer.
4: <laughs> Mrs. Fields cookies too. Yeah. He worked for the Oakland A's.
0: What? Yeah. yeah.
4: They both did at the same time. Yep. Doing what? She was a ball girl. Uh. He started out. I. I'm going to mess up this story, but MC Hammer was like, he grew up in that area. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if he was befriended by Charlie Finley or the people at that time, but it was like a bat boy and then worked in like some role in the front office. Yeah, Him, Walter Tite.
0: For Walt real? Walter yeah. yeah. Wow.
4: Mm-hmm. What yeah, a fun Emily. fact.
5: I had to Google this too to make sure I didn't get it wrong, but Tom Hanks sold hot dogs too. For the A's. Well, wow. how about that?
4: Tom Hanks did?
5: Yeah, I remember him having yeah. a cardboard cutout oh. behind home oh, with the hot dog. Yeah.
0: Hanks Franks. Okay. I mean, that just seems like a marketing.
3: It sure does. Randy was Genius an usher. Idea.
0: Randy was an usher.
3: But at the ballpark, I never really led anybody to their seat as an usher. I was more of a field guard, which
4: was a fun gig. You were more bad. watching the game than anything else. I sure was, Dan. Yeah, and it prepared you for this outstanding morning show that you do every day.
3: So basically, my entire life has spent, whether it was in high school working in a self-service gas station booth or watching games, it's either
4: been in a booth watching games or both. Yeah. Your life has been spent watching baseball. That's a hell of a way to make a living. <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs>
3: Don't tell anybody how easy it's it is. It's unbelievable. That was,
4: that was Jack Buck's line, And we
3: had Dan Deardorff on the show last week. I remember him telling Dan... Don't tell anybody how easy it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Our little secret. I just got to
3: say it's not that easy, you know. It's kind of hard. You, know? you got to go to the
6: ballpark.
3: So, yeah, tonight you've got the Cards and the Cubs, fourth of a four-game series. And it's Al Al-Zalai, Alzalai. Goes against KK. Right. And... One thing, even though the Cardinals didn't score a ton of runs last night, they still had traffic. They're doing a much better job of getting traffic on the bases and
4: not just relying on home runs. It may be surprising for people to realize that they strike out and the trend is going in a, a good direction. They don't strike out the, uh, very often. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look up and a game will have seven to ten Cardinals that strike out and you go, oh my gosh, this this team strikes out a ton look at the rest of the league Mm -hmm. it's scary how many strikeouts are out there um but you know you got to generate offense they had a couple they've had key hits since the start of the second half um it i I find it interesting to watch and look at the numbers of the cubs and the cardinals you talk about two teams that are basically identical it's these two teams and almost identical in the standings too and It's interesting. Even going back to June, the Cubs hit 188 as a team in June. What's what's odd to me is um, Theo Epstein, remember when the Cubs lost on the final day to not win the division and then had to play the play-in game and lost that at home. So it was back-to-back losses. And he he said something to the effect of, we need to change the identity of our team offensively. They never did. So -hmm. this is the team they've had. And uh, I... My guess would be that Rizzo stays, Bryant gone, Baez potential extension, but I'm leaning towards gone. I mean, it's going to be a different-looking Cubs team this time next year, probably in three weeks. Right. You know, yeah. the, And they've already changed their
3: outfield. All of those draft choices that they had of, of all those guys, Baez will be the only guy left. Bryant, uh, Schwarber, Alvora. Sol- yeah, when they signed Solera, him. Yeah.
4: So it it is going to be different, and it'll be interesting to see how good they can get and how quickly they can get back. And the back end of their games will be different, too. I would imagine mm-hmm. that when people call the Cubs, even though they have very good, talented players that we're talking about, probably the most asked about asset that they have is Craig Kimbrell. I'm sure, right? Yeah. I mean, guy's awesome. He's back to being one of the elite closers in the game, even though the Cardinals got to him last night. But the night before, he threw a slider, and I was like, oh, my goodness. No one is going to hit that. Right. And he's been that good. I, I gave some of the numbers last night of how good he's been. I think the average against him this year is o right Right-handed hitters have four hits total against him. And the on-base percentage against him this year is like 130. And we talk about the value of a rental, and we know we got to get to your show, but both the Giants
3: and Dodgers yes. will be pursuing Craig Kimbrell. So that's one guy that the Cubs might get a haul for
4: as well. I think so, you know. Relievers, man, this time of year, just trying to figure out the back end of games. What do we got coming up on the Danny Mac show? Speaking of that, Hall of Famer Lee Smith coming up. Oh, big Lee. Mm -hmm. One of my all-time favorites. He's awesome. Can't wait to visit with him.
3: Uh, So Lee Smith, when I was, uh, actually he was post-Usher, but the ushers that still work there would talk about how yeah, he usually took a nap down in the trainers room, but sometimes he would go sleep in the back of a pickup truck, right beyond the right field wall. The wagon gate down yeah. there. it's where the <laughs> you know players would park beyond that. Right, yeah. He would go sleep in the in the bed of a pickup. Yep. All time best. He's great. a great dude. He is. All right. Thank you, sir. We'll see you tomorrow morning. All right, guys. Thanks. Great job by Emily, our producer engineer. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle, this has been a pleasure.
0: It has. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Go take a nap. I will intend to.
3: For all of us, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, being a part of the show. Till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise.
6: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged in with Chris Howard.